Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored. Well, fucking son of a bitch. I, uh, I'm not even going to lie. This is the second time I recorded this promo. I don't know what's been going on, but I've been screwing these up lately. Um, <clears throat> so let's see if we can get this done. I think it's working. I believe everything's good. All right, let's get to it. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by, I'm going to give you two guesses. You only need one. Shooter Lube. That's right. Join the revolution by going to shooterlube.com and saving 10% at checkout by using the promo code SINGER. Uh, what is Shooter Lube? Shooter Lube is a two-stage cleaning system for all you gun fanatics out there because I know you maniacs have been buying everything in existence. Every time I go to the gun store, there's nothing there. They have two guns. There's usually 200. So you're buying them all. You might as well clean them guys take care of them go to shooterlube.com and check out their two-stage cleaning system they got a military grade cleaning solvent and it has you cleaning your gun better than ever you guys solvents designed to penetrate deep into the metal cleaning carbon buildup in less time than other leading solvents shooter lube military grade weapon solvent is simply the best simply the best it's odorless there's no water it fully evaporates leaves no residue no hazardous ingredients per the epa high flashpoint non-corrosive it does not freeze and is non-flammable the second stage is the extreme weapons oil you guys uh standard Gun oils, CLPs, that shit's a thing of the past. With the Shooter Lube Extreme Weapons Oil, uh, the new cutting-edge technology has has helped. They are creating a new level of lubricant protection, unlike many other gun oils out there that just sit on the surface. This shit penetrates, guess where? Deep into the metal. Forms a bond on and in the surface uh, on the metal that does not wipe off, wear off, melt, or evaporate with heavy use. You can feel confident using your weapon to its fullest potential. Biodegradable, non-flammable, non-toxic, percent synthetic low odor non-staining rust and corrosion protection and it reduces wear and friction they offer a hundred percent money-back guarantee hundred percent free shipping within the United States on all orders over $35 and they also have online sports so if you're confused frustrated anything like that reach out they love to help this episode of the podcast is also sponsored by yes Werner elements Werner elements these guys are great they I'm going to read you the pitch here that they wrote for me, but I just want to tell you, these guys are awesome. Um, when you reach out, they really build a customized strategy and game plan for you and what you're trying to do. And they say they specialize in small businesses and startups, but I also want to make sure that I include um, and give a shout out because they also work with musicians, comedians, podcasters, um, really any type of intellectual property or, or art driven person um, as well and it's probably more important than that we get our shit together more than a normal business because I mean there's so many of us out there right so Warner Elements is your partner in growth. We specialize in working with startups and small businesses with a focus on community growth. Warner Elements is also your one-stop shop for all your marketing needs and graphic design needs. From logo creation, website design, and management to content, content creation, setting up social media, and creating ad campaigns. Our community is stronger together. If there's something we don't offer, we know someone who can. Order Elements is offering 10% off your first contract with us by using promo code SINGER when you reach out. That's Werner Elements, W-E-R-N-E-R, -E Elements.com. Yes, we can do that. Promo code SINGER to save 10% at checkout. Um, now, here's the deal, you guys. This episode, uh, my buddy Eric's coming on, guitar player for uh, VIA. He's been on before. Um, no need to give him a monster instruction, but... Uh, um, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I got distracted there for a second. Uh, Eric from from Via, guitar player, um, also Flip, and uh, Fuzzard. Fuzzard. I'm doing all this off memory, you guys. Sorry, I apologize. Also, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, all that kind of shit. You can follow him on social media with the links below. Blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Well, looks like we're live. I hope that promo read finished. <laughs> oh, it already did it for you. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I don't know. Rad. I might have accidentally <laughs> cut it off early, but we're good. We're live. Well, cheers, Eric. Did it. Yeah, cheers, brother. Thanks for nice coming back down, buddy. Of course. Thank you. <clears throat> I uh, I was one. I was saving to tell you. I uh, for the second time now. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Son of a bitch! I Something's a- going on. Hold on. Let's figure this out real quick. Okay. Okay, I think we're okay. <laughs> I did a, uh, I took an Uber again here. And the last time I took an Uber was the last time I was here, which was about like three months ago. And uh, we got pulled over this time coming here, you know? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What'd you get pulled over for? The guy had a headlight out. Yeah. So it wasn't anything crazy, but, you know, I'm like, oh, this is the start of a, some crazy story, you know? <laughs> but, you know, we got pulled over. It's funny you say that because today has been a weird day for, for everyone in this house. Like, everything has gone wrong a little bit, mm-hmm. but nothing like major. Like, kind of shit like that. Like, oh, yeah. here we go. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess not. It's not that big of a deal. You just, move, you know, you just go on. But it's like, it seemed like one of those days all day. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is the thing that's going to. It's a method of, oh, I to go on even further into that, the how life works in circles, you know, mm-hmm. where one day you're doing one thing and then a year later you're going to probably be doing the same thing so on and so forth i'm kind of a big believer of that i got the circle tattoo on my arm that's based off of the band the germs oh really yeah that um he was a firm believer in life working in circles and i don't know i guess i've kind of picked up on that interesting method of life too i think it's a little far-fetched but i like believing in far-fetched shit too so you know um, he was a big David Bowie fan. Darby Crash is who I'm talking about, and he, David Bowie, had a song called um, "Um, You Got Five Years," I think is what it was called. And this guy in this band, he set his band or his life, his career in five years, and then overdosed on heroin and killed himself. Basically, what? Yeah, what a and that was wild story. Dude. Yeah, Pat Smear from uh, Foo Fighters and Nirvana, he was in that band. So that's where his underground kind of comes from, you know, is the story, you know, of the band The Germs, which only, like, punk rock kids will really know about that band. I mean, Nobody yeah, else will, I've so, heard yeah. of The Germs, but yeah. I I couldn't tell you one of their songs. Yeah. Not many people can. You know? I'm not a big punk yeah. rock guy. Yeah. I uh, I am, actually. I'm big into... I mean, So what the fuck is it with punk rock? Why do people like it so much? Is it the message? Because I know, like, history of music shit, that's what it was all about. It wasn't about playing heroic level of instruments. It was about the the message. You had something yeah. to say. They definitely weren't. Most punk musicians aren't great, but some of them really are because to do t- to keep in time is insane. At that with speed. Punk, you know, at that speed. Because it's same thing with metal. I look at, like, when I was a kid, there was... Uh, 
I was like part of that metalhead scene. And then the only other friends we had, and I'm talking like 12, 13, 14, kind of, you know, that era. The other kids that we had or that was in the school that looked weird like us were punk rock kids. So we got along really well, you know, and that kind of opened my mind to that. I do think that's interesting how like metalheads and punk heads, punk kids. It's weird. We call metalheads and punk kids. Um, or punk guys, you know, you're not a punk head, but you're a metal head. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. But, uh, there's always been like a, like a, not a respect, but like a camaraderie there almost like, yeah, I get it. Like it's not the same music, but like we're kind of the same people. So like you're they still get along or they hate each other. <laughs> you know, that's what well, it and is, if you, you know? think about it, like metal versus all the other genres, there's a lot more of like, fuck them guys. Yeah. Right. Like, like even within the genres of metal, it can get like that a little bit, but not between metal and punk. When, um, when I moved to Rochester, I put out ads to, you know, be in a band or to try to get a band together. And I wanted to do like, it was a fresh clean slate for me when I did that move to this town that I've never been, I've been there once, you know, kind of thing. In case people don't know, because they didn't catch you the first time, just give them the quick bullet points of who you are and what you do. Yeah, I mean, my name's Eric, <laughs> and uh, I'm a you know I'm a glorified musician. I guess I play in multiple acts, um, and I've been doing that for better half of twenty years. Uh, did that in northern Minnesota, moved to Rochester, Minnesota for a hot minute, and then moved to Minneapolis, where I still stand and live now. And you play guitar for Via Fuzzard and Flip, correct? Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to do was kind of start my own punk kind of project. And I actually tried out um, for this one band as a singer and I'm not a fucking singer (laughs) and I tried to do it and literally nothing came of it. So I moved on and then moved to the cities and then joined via, you know, (laughs) so yeah. What are you up to now? Explain to people what you got going on right now. So this Saturday, the 13th, um, uh, I will be performing with Flip at a private event called The Shit Show Part 2. Love stinks and so does Flip is the name. It's a rescheduled show that we were supposed to have in, um, I believe, November, maybe December, because we've already done one. It went really well. So basically the idea from it is um, we have this rehearsal space taylor sounds and hopkins and it's a huge room that we're in so you know it's covid friendly in that sense you know where everybody can be scattered and that was the idea you know let's invite 10 friends you know there's obviously a ticket cost but what comes with the ticket cost is it's a private show it's a private show you get to see the band in their uh raw performance so we're not all super dressed up even though we will a little bit you know i mean fuck man rich people book shows like that all the time oh totally it's We're going to have common. a cocktail party and a dinner party. There's going to be 30 people. Let's book Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> yeah, if you have the money, why not? You right. know? Yeah. So, yeah, the idea of this is to get people to interact. So they call out a song. We can hear them, actually, instead of being on a big stage. There's no way we can hear that, you know? That's cool. And come sit and buy the drums behind Kilo Bale's drum set or, you know, whatever the situation is. You get a CD. You get a T-shirt. You get a vinyl. You get all this stuff. With How much it, you like charge a package. So It's $100. And it's pretty much the, you know, 
like a two, three hour deal. We have food, drinks, you know, couches. You get to take a picture with the bands, uh, interact the whole night. So it's kind of more or less, uh, you know, when bands do VIP stuff when they're on tour, where you get to come and see sound check or hang out after the gig and stuff like that. Same concept, but actually a performance that's still somewhat involved. It's really rad. Yeah. Um, hats off to Bryn. That was his idea. He's a fucking genius. And he, uh, he put that together, you know, while we were outside smoking one day and he's just the light bulb pinged in his head and said, Oh, that's cool. And then we just started thinking of name and then names of it and shit show came apart, you know? So I love it. Yeah. I did a, I did a podcast the other night after the comedy show, me and, uh, me and this comedian, we did a podcast and then we went to the com- the comedy club where he did a set I got to hang out with comedians and shit. And this was recently, yeah. And cool. we came back after the bar and did an impromptu podcast here, and we called that the shit show too. Were you guys shit faced? Oh yeah. yeah, good. Oh yeah, it was it was aptly named the shit show for a reason. Right. Like, <laughs> it was pretty funny. So was, when I called you the other day and we were talking, and uh, you were like, "Are you talking about the shit show?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" Because I thought, <laughs> that's what you meant by that. I thought okay. you yeah. saw the podcast, and I was like, "Oh, that was a disaster." There's a reason it got deleted and didn't stay. Oh, up. you deleted it, even yeah. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. <laughs> it was it was it was a disaster. Cool. It was a train wreck. Well, that's funny. This does not sound like a train wreck. This sounds like it's actually going to be cool. Yeah, which is funny and ironic that you'd call it the shit show. Mm-hmm. What else are you going to name it, though, you know, without sounding like a douche private show, VIP event? You know what I mean? All those have yeah, such a douche. It's really cliche. Shit show just sounds like, oh, I'm interested in that. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of what that camp has been all about. And it's been great. I mean, we rehearse every Wednesday. And that's already and sold so. out, though. So people can't even go even if they wanted to. Yeah, it is sold out. Um so, I mean, I would be plugging all this stuff, but it's obviously a Have you thing, ever so, thought about you know. doing that where you sell the 10 tickets live and then you stream it to other people where maybe they're not paying 100 bucks because you can do this, um, but you can charge like five bucks where somebody can stream the concert as well? We've talked about it. Um, like do the, the shit show, do it exactly the way you're doing it, but yeah. then add a stream for everyone else where it's five bucks. They can watch it, but they don't get all those other privileges. They don't get to hang out, take pictures. They don't get t-shirts or CDs or request songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it's to keep the, uh, not necessarily secrecy, but demand of the band at high, you know, basically, you know, it's a nostalgic band from the nineties. They've been around forever. They're you reunited do, bands. You, you know, could even so. do. You could even do a limited amount of those. Yeah. Like uh, you can sell tickets to the online stream. Like you can even just do another 10 people at 50 bucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's 10 people in the room, 10 people on the stream at 50 bucks or whatever. Um, you don't have to leave it wide open. You Like there's plenty of services out there where you can stream your event and limit the <laughs> number of people that are allowed to be there and watch, which I don't know why you would yeah. unless you want to brag about selling something out. Yeah. Other than that. Other than the motive you just laid out, yep. Um, I mean, I think that the live stream concept or the private show concept will still be a thing going on, like the rest of this year, to an extent. But we're already seeing, you know, people in venues and things like that at this point. So, uh, and shows are happening across the U.S. So I think it's kind of going to be one of those things where it will be um, a little bit of a thing in the past year, pretty soon. So. That's my honest thought on it, but I could be wrong too. It could be a whole new spread of 
COVID that could screw up the whole world again. But honestly, don't think. Uh, assuming that that doesn't happen, knock on wood, you know that yeah, we I will have shows again. You know, well, sooner than later. I I don't think. I I don't know, man. There's there's two thi- there's like two different things happening right now. Shows are being booked, you know, as well as anybody, and they keep getting pushed back. And then there's whispers that we ain't really coming out of this full. Like we're not getting regular concerts and comedy shows and shit like that till 2022. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing from the people I know in the industry. That's the whispers going around is like 2021 ain't happening, man. It's going to be another year. So if you want to do stuff like that, you have to do it online. I've heard a little bit of that and the opposite of that, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, excuse me. One thing I was just saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one thing, too, that I've heard is uh, from especially some like bigger uh, promoter like name brand names out there you know that it will be bands that could draw you know let's say 10,000 people right they will book those bands in music venues or arenas that hold 20 to 30,000 people and once you reach 10,000 then it's sold out so there'll be much more room for people you know, so much room for activities, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so much room for activities. Yeah, exactly. So that's interesting um, because that sucks. There's nothing worse than seeing a, a concert in a half empty room. Yeah, I suppose they could be like the Super Bowl where they just put a bunch of cardboard cutouts of people with other people because there wasn't as many people at the Super Bowl as it half. looked. Yep. But it looked like it was full because of all the cardboard cutout people. Now, the difference with that, though, is that you're able to put that's all in the stands only right whereas um a concert you have people on the floor and at a stadium (laughs) you have people in the stands so you could put card card cardboard cutouts in the stands and make it look full yeah but you're never going to fill up that pit that floor level that's going to have to take a while and that's going to always look feel and sound weird at a live because part of the the whole point of a live concert is when there's enough bodies in the room, the acoustics of the room change. Yeah. And you know that as well as I do. When you sound check at the beginning of the night, it sounds different than when the room is full of human beings. I remember playing at the Palace Theater. We opened for, uh, via open for um, Steel Panther, which was a great night, really good time. And uh, I remember sound checking in the Palace Theater. It's just a big, it's a theater. It's super high ceilings and everything. And, I remember on my wireless. This is in downtown Minneapolis. St. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I'm thinking of Pantages. I remember being on my wireless and going out into the crowd and sound checking and, you know, just strumming A and G chords and E chords and feeling the room's reverb. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a couple hours later, the place is sold out and it's a completely different experience. So, yeah, I I know what you mean. Yeah. Same thing happened at U.S. Bank Stadium with Metallica. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, I can't remember. I was the, there. I can't remember the name of the band that opened, um, but the, it sounded like shit. Like it sounded like shit until Metallica went on because they weren't dialed in for that room by no means. You know. Also, it, it, the place wasn't full. It wasn't full yet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because I noticed, I noticed the sound changing through Avenged Sevenfold set. Mm-hmm. Like I watched them go on to a half-empty stadium, and then by the time their set ended, and the and the stadium filled up. Yeah, like it sounded different. I could literally hear it changing. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to my buddy Chuck about that, and he's like, "Oh, I had no idea." Because I just remember being so disappointed, and I was like, "This sucks. I'm never coming to a concert here again." 
And then all of a sudden, by the end, of, I was like, okay, okay. Okay, maybe this will be okay. And then Metallica <laughs> went on, and I was like, it's going to be just fine. I met the people that put together um, the mixing consoles that they bring to the Metallica concerts. They use Allen and Heath mixing board consoles. And they uh, literally take the faders and go like this if it's a really good night, and they just pin them to the top. So that's why when they come out and do hardwired or blackened or whatever, it's just monstrous. They literally pin it to the top. You know, I mean, their stage volume isn't nothing. It's all about the PA that's around them at their shows. They have just a little bit of speakers on stage <laughs> just for feedback. That's it. You know, when you're on ears, that's, you know, all you need. Right. But if you're a band like ACDC or Motorhead where you don't have ears, you have a million Marshall stacks on stage and those fuckers are cranked, you know? So, yeah, it's interesting because Van Halen, another loud, I heard, I heard for years they did the whole wall for real, but he was one of those first guys that started running. Just one of those cabs was actually producing sound way, but this is way back in the day and left the rest of them up just for show. And then yep. when I seen him, when I seen him in, I think it was 2012 at the fucking Excel. Excel. Yep. I'm pretty sure if I remember right, he just came out and he had a fucking full stack, like his EVH three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a single full stack sitting on stage, just like you and I would go. Up oh, they didn't have any other stacks on the stage. I don't think so. If I no, remember really? right, they went with a really minimalistic clean stage for their actual gear. And then it was more about the visuals and the backdrops and the extra cams being played on the overheads. You know, it's way more about that now than it is a wall of speakers. Like, nobody gives a fuck about that. Yeah. The line arrays hanging above you are The old guys do, you know? That's the thing, you know? It's. I don't uh, even think the Who did that last time I seen them either. Yeah. And they're, again, one of those bands that were notorious for being loud. Yep. (laughs) My favorite, though, is when you watch, like, old Jimi Hendrix concerts and he's got, like, six microphones he's singing into Mm because they couldn't. They didn't have the ability to daisy chain all those monitors. So you had like a mic running to a board, running to a set of monitors and just over. And those over other and over mics again. were for recording, too. Were they? Yeah, because so they, they would have, have different feeds. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. So I they wonder how many of them were in. actually live then versus. One I bet a lot of them, recorded. you know, at that time frame, because why I mean, would you? I not, mean, I'm you know? saying I wonder how many of them were live versus recording. Oh, yeah. Probably maybe half and half. Probably. Then. I'm sure. No, I bet you there was only one or two mics that he was singing into that yeah. were for recording. I bet you. Could you imagine taking acid and then going on stage like he did? I can't drink two beers well, and I go can. on stage. Really? I can, but you know, like, I can have one. I can have one, and yeah. that second one needs to be while I'm performing, so I'm burning it off as fast as I'm drinking it. Here's a story. One time, Via played this show at this place called uh, the Parkway Theater. I think it's in kind of outside Uptown. And this is many, many years ago. It was before Sam Stark was in the band. And uh, we were, I don't think, supposed to headline, but we ended up headlining somehow. I'm not sure. No, we were supposed to headline. And it was like a fucking seven-band bill. Started at five o'clock kind of thing. There was no... Those are either great or horrible. This is the worst show I've ever done in my life. There you go. Because we were very green at the time. So I'm thinking maybe this was 2013. Somebody comments on this that's watching it. They might know. 2013 or 2014. 
uh, something like that. But we got on stage about two hours later than we were supposed to. And uh, we were all smashed. <laughs> and my at the time, my friend Tony was filming every single show we did. He did 17 shows. And then we did a music video out of it. That was our first official video that we did. And uh, that one is on there. And I, he showed me it and I had to leave the room because it was so embarrassing. You know, like we're trying to be a professional band here, man. And you just look like a bunch of drunken fools, you know, because you, because there was nobody running the show. Nobody was running the show. Right. There was no stage manager. There was nothing. So basically everybody was um, fucking off and, there's nothing that pisses me off more on one of those big bills is when the guys or girls or whoever it is are wrapping cords on stage and doing all this stuff. That's what stage hands are for. And that's, you need to get your stuff off the stage. Like it's a rule with via that you need to be off the stage in a song or less because there's a contract that's involved with pretty much every show that we do. And you're supposed to be on from this time to this time. Don't fuck up other people's time schedules. And it sucks when it happens because sometimes it's not even the band's fault. It's the sound guy's fault or whatever that you never know. But that was one of those prime examples of getting way too lit on stage and going and uh, trying to do. Your I don't deal. know how you guys do it at all, to be honest. Like I can't fucking like I said, I need to be sober when I when I actually go on stage. I've been in the recording studio a lot recording the new Via record and, uh, you know, the last couple of times we've been in there with Wally, you know, it's been a uh, 12, 14 hour days and you know, we're getting pretty lit throughout the whole time. You know, we're having a good time. You yeah. Know? I can yeah. drink and record, yeah. you know, just not vocals. Jason, Jason Tuthill, my singer, he, he's a freak of nature. He's my favorite singer, by the way, you know, he always will be. I think his voice is un, unfucking believable. And he, <laughs> it was, it was beyond funny. Cause I went up and sang my part after he was done doing it. And when I got done, I it was literally he turned a switch and it was hammered. <laughs> and it was so funny. I'm like, what happened, dude? You know, like I know we've been having what fun. What does he but, drink? Uh, he's an IPA man, totally. You know, that's yeah. surprising because he's kind of he looks like he's a bigger dude. Maybe not like seven feet tall, big, but like a bigger dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just drinking beers. That's a little surprising. Usually that happens when you're a liquor guy. Yeah. No, we uh, we're not much of a liquor band, really. You know, it's it's a we're a bunch of crafty lumberjack lumberjack beer snobs, you know? <laughs> it's weird. I I fucking dude, I Excuse me. I'm I'm a total beer snob. And now yeah. I'm like I've gone off the rails again on fucking experimental shit. So I'm on this smoothie sour kick. That's what we had beforehand. Yeah. That shit was wild. Dude. I go through sours I wasn't even into that one. Quite a bit in and out of the year, but I've been really hip to this uh jalapeno ale recently. Yeah. yeah. Damn, There's this place I almost up. bought one. Really? Yeah. Instead of that one, I almost bought this one. It's made by I can't remember who they make that. Jack Pine by chance? No, yeah. I can't remember. But Shout the, out to them. Those guys are awesome. They're it's up got in like my a, hometown. It's got a like a uh, Los De Los Muertes uh, fucking skull character with a big hat on. And um, it's a jalapeno ale. Yeah, and they make another beer called Red Desert. Cool. And I can't remember what this one's fucking called. And I almost bought it tonight because I was like, well, I know I like that. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know. Let's see. And fuck, I wish I would have We got talked that about one. the hot stuff last time, too. You know, I mean, yeah, it's. I do remember it's that you love the hot the ones. sickening 
tastes like. I would love to do hot ones one day. You know, that, that would be dude, one thing, you know, because I would love it. I would absolutely love it. You know, maybe we you could do a one off special of that or something. They should like that, do. You know? <laughs> they should franchise that out and do like local ones, you know, for people that aren't famous and just let assholes like us do it. Yeah. You know, like, let me do a franchise. Me and Chilton do a franchise of hot ones where we do the same thing. You get all the credit. It's your show. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do this one, but it's the same thing. We just do it here locally. Because, dude, I don't even need to, like, go to his set and be with Sean. Like, just that that whole gimmick is hilarious. Like, let's eat these fucking ridiculously, progressively spicier wings. Gordon Ramsay's was probably my all-time favorite just because he's so offensive. I mean, he's got that old English... You yeah. know, slang, you know, they use the C word and the F word, every other word, you know, and he's just yelling at him. I this think Bobby fucking Lee. Bullshit, you I know? think Bobby Lee was my favorite because he shit himself. Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, he shit his I don't. I haven't seen that one yet. End. Yeah, he wow. shit it. It's old. It's not even a new one. It's super cool. old. He shit his pants at the end of it. Shit show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. Funny yeah. stuff, man. I, uh. I've been thinking about all kinds of crazy shit like that and like gimmicks for shows and new podcasts and all kinds of ideas and kind of blows my mind how when someone does one thing like that that works, like any version of it is immediately invented. So fucking Kevin Hart gets people to sit in a cold tub and do an ice bath mm-hmm. where he does like a half hour interview. And it's like, you watched Hot Ones. It's a gimmick. And went yeah, the other yeah. direction. Oh, let's go cold. And then there's somebody else. I can't remember what they're doing. It slips my mind at first. But it's exactly like Hot Ones mm-hmm. where they just, it, it's so gimmicky. But uh, me and John Wheeler were joking about one where like, we should do something like that where it's how many shots of like tequila or you know, whiskey or something like that on a flight, you know, and it's like you take a shot and then I ask you a question and then you take a shot, ask you a question, see how far you can get by the end of it. Yeah, it could get pretty explicit, you know. You know, the old one tequila, two tequila, three tequila floor. (laughs) Yeah. That old bit. Sure. But I was like, dude, you'd become an alcoholic. Like, that's dangerous. Yeah. Really fast. Unless you only did one a week. Or you're on uh, amphetamines, you know, because then you can do whatever you want. On amphetamines, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or if you yeah. cheat and get one of them, uh, what do they call them? Like not beta blockers, but that shit where alcohol doesn't get absorbed. It gets like surrounded by fat and just you pass Weird. it right away. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to do that. But, well, and yeah, yeah, you're not being genuine to your guests. You're making your guests get shit faced while you fucking sit here and laugh at them sober. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of mean. That's unethical, man. It's mean. Yeah. <laughs> I um no kind of we started doing this thing a couple of years ago with Vio where it was um we did like a Facebook live Q&A thing and uh we wanted to, the first one we did we did it from my apartment it was kind of you know just whatever and it was a way to interact with fans obviously and then we did another one but i had a inflatable hot tub in my house and we did the we set up like a, a microphone through the laptop and interface and all that shit and we did it from the hot tub That's where we were amazing. sitting in there and it was really funny you know and i want to do another one eventually here um because uh it'd be fun to do another weird bit you know like that that's amazing mm-hmm. i think every band should be doing stuff like that 
you know, and the word podcast is thrown around too loosely, mm-hmm. um, especially now. I wouldn't say to do like an actual podcast podcast, but throw like make extra content like that. Right. And then do like once a month, you and your fucking other three or four band members sit around and do a podcast like this, but you're just shooting the shit talks amongst yourselves. But the whole thing is centered around the idea of direct entertainment, extra content for your fans in a Patreon style. So like they're paying three bucks a month or five bucks a month to be a part of your quote unquote fan club. So above and beyond the music and simple things like, what did we do in fan clubs back in the day? Discounts on merch, first access to tickets, all that shit, right? Yeah. Now provide that bonus content. And dude, if you could get, I mean, just think about it. If you could get 5,000 people at five bucks a month, your band's making 25 G's a month when you're sleeping. Not a bad gig, man. And you're already doing this shit. Just hook up cameras and microphones and let your fr- your fans be a part of it. You know, I know it's all management absurd, out there, you know, pick up on this, please. <laughs> I, you know, I'd be doing it on my own if I were you guys. Yeah, I'm. And that's my point is like, I'm trying to figure out how to do shit like this, too. That's where my mind's at now. Like I launched Patreon a while ago, knowing I wasn't going to have anything going in there anytime soon. Sure. But just wanted to make sure it was set up. But knowing like, okay, eventually I'm going to have to fucking start doing this. So once we got to about 40, 50 episodes, I started thinking, you know, fuck, man, I really got to like make plans. And I got some cool shit in the works, man. I got some really cool. I can't talk about it. I can't fucking not. I got stuff I can't talk about, too. Especially, (laughs) especially like there's only one name I can officially drop. And it's because I dropped it already accidentally. Oh, you fucker. (laughs) But uh, like Mike Singletary, uh, Hall of Fame linebacker from the 1985 Chicago Bears, he's coming on my podcast. Um, I've known him for a while, so that's not that big of a deal to me. Like, you know what I mean? It's Still not, a big it's not deal, like, man. But he's you know? not coming on because he like randomly found the podcast or I reached out. It's not yeah. because of the growth. Like he would have come on. He would have been the first episode if I would have been able to pull it off. So it's a big deal, but. You know what I mean? It'd be like if your uncle was fucking James Hetfield yeah. and then he came on your podcast. Like everyone else would be like, that's the craziest thing ever. And he's like, yeah, I get it. But it's also like my uncle. Right. Like it's <laughs> Mike Singletary is not my uncle, but I've known him for a long time. So it's more me just appreciating him than it is like it helps him out, helps this. you out. You know, it's, you know it's what I mean? Though, like deal. it's not an achievement. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I appreciate him coming on, but it's not an achievement. Um, but I got other people that are that I do feel like I wouldn't have been able to get on a long time ago. Hey, man, I'm happy for you because you Thanks, got brother. this going on. You Thanks, know, it's brother. a really good deal. So. I just wish I could talk more about Cheers. it, dude. Hey, dude, I have Doesn't some it things. Suck? Yeah, I have some things I can't talk about until it's official. <laughs> That's what either, I'm referring so, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've been talking about this since before the podcast. There's so many things. And seriously, for for any listeners that don't understand what we're going through right now, like we can't even tell each other off the podcast. Like, yeah. we really have to be super smart and play these things close to the vest. Not because we don't like or trust each other, but because when you start telling one person, you're likely to tell a second person, and then it's no longer a secret. Yeah. Because once you tell a few, all of a sudden, one of those motherfuckers didn't keep their mouth shut, and you don't know who. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Yeah, it's tough. But I'm pumped, dude. I'm excited for it, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's and it's it's beyond the podcast. Like, we're doing extra shit. We're doing... We're expanding. We're building something really cool here. I just can't fucking talk about it. 
Well, it's exciting for uh, everybody on here, so I'm excited for you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, thanks, fuck, I got a few subs that those first few days, you know, just from saying I was doing a podcast, but it's a slow grind, you know, and it's it's you know expanding the network and us building our community together through your bands and fucking and then it comes back upward and shit so it's like you guys come on once i got a hundred subs maybe you got two new people to listen to your music cool but then you come on a couple months later and now i have almost 200 subs maybe you got two more people to listen to your music i get it it's a little arduous but uh someday there'll be ten thousand or a hundred thousand subs and you'll get you know, a thousand new listeners. And then it, then it's like, oh, we made a, we made a move. It there. grows, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This takes time, dude. I don't think people understand. I don't think a lot of people have the patience for this kind of stuff anymore, whether it's starting a band or a podcast. People are like expecting to immediately go viral or blow up or whatever. We, um, I just don't think it works like that anymore, man. We played, via played with, um, highly suspect, um, a long time ago. At the Triple Rock. It was the first time we played the Triple Rock. Why do Rock. I know that name? Who's in that band? Uh, Is that Jada Pinkett Smith's band? No. Highly Suspect's a band from um, New York, and they're a three-piece um, dude named Johnny. He's the front guy of the band. And um, they their first big hit was a song called Lydia, and it was all over the radio, and they won a Grammy and or were on the Grammys and everything kind of thing. Okay. They blew up quick, but they blew up quick when that song got hip that band was a band for 10 years prior to that right and me and jason said that from the get-go we that that it might take some time you know we're going on eight years now i think i think it's eight years is it really i got if you're watching i don't know respond to me but anyways uh i mean lamb of god 10 years yeah it takes a long time and this band so we get booked this gig at triple rock right and it's with highly suspect. We're like, okay, cool. You know, it's another gig. Don't really know who they are. How long were you a band at this point? Uh, four years. Okay. First record was out. Second record wasn't yet. We, um, a couple days before the show, get the ping. Oh, show sold out. We're like, I'm like, oh, fucking cool. Triple Rock sold out show. Awesome. And I remember um, I worked at the at Groove City, the guitar store, and we were dealers for um, this company called Nash Guitars out of... Uh, Washington and I needed to borrow a second guitar for that night for one of the tunings and I brought the guitar and I was kind of like playing it outside and Johnny the singer of uh highly suspect comes walking up and he's like oh it's a cool Nash man you know I'm not gonna do his accent or anything the New York <laughs> accent or whatever but and, and I'm like yeah man I'm, I work at the store down the road and you know blah 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 check it out handed it to me and he's like it's out of tune <laughs> he hands it back he's just a total cocksucker about it <laughs> And uh, but we ended up hanging out with them afterwards. And I, I didn't I mean, I knew the band was getting successful, but literally a couple months after that, they were on the Grammys. You know, the band blew the fuck up and it was unbelievable how cool it was. And it, it reminds me of like Billie Eilish's uh, career from like 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Every year was a different thing for her, right. you know, like she played the entry when she was like 15. Mm-hmm. The next year she played the X and then it was the armory and all that shit. Like it, her, that growth, it's insane how it works. You yeah. know, once people catch on to things, it's, it's uh, like COVID. <laughs> it's interesting too, Just because kidding. you'll watch some of those bands make their first journey 
doing something similar as an opening band. So like you'll see this band open for somebody at 7th Street Entry and then years later they're fucking opening for Metallica. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden they go on their own headlining tour and it's the same thing. You go back down to these tiny little clubs like the entry and then they start that journey all over again. And it's not literal that 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 story is not a literal actual example, but it's funny because I've seen that happen where um, I think it was Coheed actually where Coheed was opening for other bands for a long time and I seen them at things and then all of a sudden they decided to go on their own headlining tour and maybe they had already done shit like this before. I don't know, but they were selling out smaller places, you know, and then all of a sudden they graduated like the quest and now they're down at the armory. Mm-hmm. And yeah, someday you'll see those same bands like within a couple of years make that same journey. But it, it's the only one I've ever heard about this is Skid Row. And it's one of my favorite jokes of all time is fucking Sebastian's Bach. Sebastian Bach, he's like, I'm so sick of hearing people tell us that we blew up overnight. I mean, that is not true. It took at least two or three days. <laughs> no, that's groovy. Because <laughs> that, they kind of did. Like, they weren't a real band. They sent their thing down to fucking Sebastian Bach. He threw vocals over it sent it back to him they mixed and mastered it and sent it to a radio guy who played it the next day and immediately like within two or three days it blew up across the country and they're like i guess we're a band now <laughs> that's awesome that's so rare that yeah. never happens no, it doesn't no everyone pays one of the dues. loudest concerts i've ever seen skid was, row i didn't see skid i saw um Sebastian by himself outdoor festival and yeah that guy's got insane pipes you know probably not as much anymore i bet but he was very loud and just intense <laughs> he's a fucking cool guy man like do you ever see that video of him jumping off the stage and beating the shit out of the dude for throwing a beer bottle no but i'm not surprised yeah somebody mm. threw a beer bottle on stage and it hit sebastian box so he's fucking he stopped the show and jumped in this into the fucking crowd and beat the shit out of the dude and then sebastian box the one that ended up getting arrested <laughs> It's awesome. Punk rock, man. <laughs> fucking hilarious. But he's cool as fuck because he's on Trailer Park Boys. and oh, fucking He's got a good sense of humor, obviously. You He'll know? go on anything, dude. He was a, he, when he was on Trailer Park Boys, the whole thing is he was obsessed with trains, like toy trains, like fake toy model trains. Was, I saw the Trailer Park Boys live once. Did yeah. you? Yeah. So did I. Yeah, that Pantages Theater. Yeah. The Christmas show or whatever. I seen... Uh, it was similar to something they did in a show in an episode where Bubbles wanted to do the the space mission. So they pretended they were going to space and remember they wore the spacesuits and sat no, like seen it. No, they no. set chairs down on the ground and sat like they were going straight up into the air and they basically did a really long elaborate version of a te- and it was all improv and they brought the crowd up and it was hilarious dude people paid like 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 dollars for those tickets, depending on where you were at. And then they fucking sold shitty hot dogs. Literally, they took hot dogs. I don't even know if they were cooked. Put them in white bread buns and then bunched them up and sold them for some outrageous dollar amount, like 20 bucks a pop, something like that. And morons from the audience literally lined up and came on stage 
and forked over 20 bucks for this fucking hot dog. I don't even know what that shit was. Hey, cooked. if I'm fucked up at a concert too and I want a hot dog, I, I mean, if money's in my wallet and I'm ready to go, <laughs> I'm probably doing the same thing, you know? Because there's nothing like a good shitty hot dog sometimes. I just so, remember you know, looking at, at... Even though they're disgusting. I remember looking at mean? my buddy that I went with that night, and I was like, they're making almost as much money off these fucking hot dogs as they did these tickets. <laughs> it's funny you talk about like them going up and like doing the space thing. I just uh, have been recently... I mean, we're recording this new record, um, Via Is, and we have a title for it and everything, and um, which is not... I won't tell you yet, but uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with this documentary that I've been watching called Heaven's Gate, the cult of all cults about uh, Jim Jones, right? No, Jim Jones is a different cult. Oh, Heaven's is, Gate was those people waiting for the meteor. Yeah, for like 20 years, 25 years or something like that. And they all um, castrate themselves and commit mass suicide in like the early 90s or Survival something. Survival like of the fittest, man. If it's that easy to dupe you. We're better off without you. <laughs> I mean, it's cleansing the earth in some sense, but man, it's uh, it's really deranged when you see what people will do with the power of the voice, the power of the mind on what people can put into your brains. I mean, like I think I've said to you, I'm not a re very religious at all, you know, but there's certain people that will believe in fucking anything. And right. that's kind of one of those situations that it's, it's scary, you know, <laughs> that people do that, you know. Dude, and it's like, the scary ones are the ones when you're not allowed to leave. Those are the scary ones. See, this one they could, which is interesting, but they came back. These people came back. But the people they interview in this documentary are the people that did survive, but then they show the people that went back, you know, because obviously it's a modern day one and that was in the 90s. But um, I found out uh, while talking to Bryn about it that flip in the 90s around that time they put that guy's face on one of their t-shirts <laughs> and that they sold that whole thing and i'm like wow that's wow. that's goofy i mean and i told my wife that Take the balls. other day and she's like oh we should get one of those t-shirts i'm like we gotta find one <laughs> at this point because this was like 1997 or 98 or something yeah. yeah where would you even find that now like at a local savers i seen um uh one of my via shirts at a at a, um, uh, not a savers. What's the other one around? Salvation here? Army. So, uh, uh, there's some another sort one. of thrift. Store. Yeah, some. Th yeah, there used to be. Uh, yeah. My favorite one was Unique, Unique Thrift Store, which yeah. got bought out by Savers. Yep, I used to go there all the time. And, and it's yeah. weird they bought them out, but didn't incorporate their model. So, like, the reason I loved Unique is because I could get the most random shit there. Like that bar, that bar came from Unique Thrift Store. Rad. It's got like these beautiful, you can't see it on the camera, for, but the, the, so for the listeners and the viewers, I apologize, but like people usually come here and if they go set booze up there or whatever, they, they comment on it. They're like, this thing's fucking cool. Where'd you get this? Yeah. And I'm like a thrift store, bro. They're like, wow, how much did it cost? I'm like, I don't remember, but it was literally like 20, 30 bucks. <laughs> like, and that thing's probably $200 worth of, you know what I bought at a thrift store recently? <laughs> um, Probably $200 worth of tile alone. Oh, yeah. It looks great. I think the ceramic yeah. tiles you can't see. Right up there. Or granite. Table. I yeah, think they're actually yeah. granite. I bought a um, <laughs> I bought a sword from a fucking thrift store recently. That's awesome. Like straight up Captain Hook sword. 
I was at this thrift store and I spent a bunch of time. And if I'm killing time and it's a day off by myself, I love to go record browsing and thrift stores and guitars and shit like that. Cause I mean that I'm into all that shit, you know, and I'm big collector of a lot of things. Especially, Dude, if we ever uh, go on tour together for any reason, I'm your guy. Absolutely. That's the shit it. I like to do is like, go find those weird little shops in other towns that no one knows about. Like I'm really no longer interested in like the actual tourist destinations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I've done a bunch of them throughout the U.S. and they're cool to say you did it because you never know if you ever go back again, of course. But And that's probably um, why I'm not interested anymore because yeah. I've done most of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, was, I was buying some random shit and I looked up to the right hand behind the counter and this guy had this big, huge, and I don't know like if it's 40, 100, 200, 300 years old. I don't know how old it is, but there's engravings and weird shit on it and it's it's castile and stuff i'm like what's up with the sword and he's like i don't, I don't know man i'm like how much is it <laughs> he's like 50 bucks i'm like well you take 20 for it sure <laughs> i walked out on fucking lake street where i bought it from he's like make sure you kind of hide that you don't want to be walking around <laughs> on lake street with a fucking sword dude. <laughs> so so uh, yeah that's in my house now that's amazing yeah pretty funny my big thing is food Mm-hmm. I love I love experimenting with food now, which is not something I was into until the last three to five years since I met. So my you wife. like destination finding the certain food that's badass, or trying something brand new, or both. What, both. So okay. like, if I go to a place, or even if it's just like you said, like an off day, and I got the whole day to myself, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like my favorite thing to do is go find some random place that only the locals know about that has some killer fucking food. Like, I got one for you. If for some reason you're ever in Circle Pines, right, because they, they've got a couple of those bars up there a lot of people play. I played there once, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is, not even, this is not even a secret uh, chain, but the location is different. And it's, um, fuck, what do they call it? It's um, El Loro. That's what it's called. And there's like three or four of them in Mexican place. Yeah, there's yeah. like three or four of them in Minnesota. But I'm telling you, I feel you, like I've had it before. The one in Circle cool. Pines. That's where it's at, dude. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, there's something different about that place. I don't know what it is, but whoever. Now we have been there a couple times where the food is dramatically spicier. It was still very good, but it was obviously obvious they had a different cook come in for the night. Sure. But that's only happened like two out of the 800 times we've been there over the last five cool. years. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, it doesn't matter where you're at. You could be in fucking Chicago, New York, Champaign, Illinois, you know, fucking Des Moines, Iowa. But there's always some spot that actually has killer fucking food. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite thing. Like, it, it brings me like happiness and joy mm-hmm. to find really good food. That makes you happy when you're not at home. Yep. That's my favorite, dude. Yeah. I've been to a lot of places myself. Same thing. You know, what? Uh, last Valentine's Day, um, my wife Janelle and I, we went to um, get sushi. And when you get sushi, you know, there's other things you can get like, you know, egg rolls or ramen soup and stuff like that. We got soup this one Valentine's Day. I think it was last year. And... uh I had a glass of wine. She had a glass of wine. We're just having a good time, just having dinner, and it's Valentine's Day, go out kind of thing. And we both got like 
how spicy you want the ramen bowl like oh we'll do really spicy we can handle it we were having a chill night like this and then literally within like 10 10 minutes after eating this we felt like we were hallucinating off of the spice really it was a trip basically which another thing i'm a big vietnamese fan like if you ever have vietnamese pho before I, when I lived in Rochester, I hung out with a lot of Vietnamese people that they Wait, made their say own. Say that again. Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Is that how you say it? Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Yeah. Okay. You're Sorry. saying Vietnamese. Am I really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had to wait till you said it a third time. Where it's like Vietnamese. Yeah. No, Vietnamese. <laughs> You're flipping it around, dude. You're saying Vietnamese. It's Vietnam. Yeah. Vietnamese. Okay. Vietnamese. <laughs> I did it again. I don't think you're capable of saying it. Fuck you. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. It's It's usually me. It's usually me that does that. Like, dude, during the shooter lube ad, shooter lube ad read. Yeah, you even fucked it up. I said synthetic for the first 16 of them. 100% synthetic. (laughs) I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, dude, to save my fucking life. Did people life. call you out on that or what? No, I just called myself out. So I'd go 100% synthetic. I'm Mike Tyson. And then I'd just move on with my ad read. <laughs> you don't need to call me out. I'm, I'm well aware of it. I've been told that with pho is the pronunciation of that. People Correct. call pho, you know. And they are yeah. wrong. It yeah, is pho. It's pho. It's pho. When you have that, that at some point, especially in like war era stuff that they would give that to people with morphine in it. No shit. Yes. Because it would, it would be like your Sunday you were in war hungover or whatever, you know, after, you know, fucking battling and it would ease your pain basically. So I've had theories that, you know, maybe that's something that that one day got concocted What's into the, the soup. What is know, so, so special about pho versus other noodle-ish style soups, I guess we would refer to them? So, I mean, it's about the prep of the broth, I think, more than anything. Because a lot of people, like I've, my good friend Tony will say, it's just fucking ramen, man. And, you know, yeah, you're kind of right in that sense. But it but- doesn't look like ramen. The noodles looked in. And the re- only reason I even asked this is because I'm assuming... Mm-hmm that we should respect it the same way we respect like Italian pastas like rigatoni versus fucking you know what i'm saying i yeah. don't i don't know a lot about pasta but i also know somebody who does and they're a chef and they're like no dude there's a huge difference they they absorb things different they taste different their textures are different it's a food process for sure so i'm assuming that there's something like that too so that dude is what I would say, the most American dude on the planet. It's all fucking ramen, bro. <laughs> I want to know if he's watching this because if he's commenting on this, I is there are there people commenting on this right now? Uh, we don't have any comments, but there are people watching. No, oh, okay. So far, we've had thirty-two people jump in and check us out. Word. There's four watching right now. So yeah, guys, throw your comments in. We'll fucking yeah. we're gonna have to take a, a leak here pretty soon, one of us. So throw your comments and questions in, and uh, we'll definitely try to work them in. Um, American thing, you know, that's funny. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know, I know. Like, a horse is a horse. Like, that kind of logic, like, oh, whatever, it's all fucking same. I do it too, dude. I do it when when I hear anything. I'm like, oh, fucking Satan worshipers. It's like, I just lump everything into Satan worshipers if it's not 
anything else, basically. It's the most American thing you could possibly do. It's funny. Ah, it's all fucking ramen. So anyways, um, you're going on about these hallucinations from this fucking spicy ramen you had. Yeah, and it was it was a brief kind of thing, and I don't know if it was the heat to our brain that was... Did you experience it while you were eating it, or it's after it was in you? Um, A little bit of both, I would imagine, because... So you didn't take it down with ease because that's where you started with this. You're like, oh, we like spicy food. We'll do we'll do very spicy. So was it hard to get down? No, no. It was okay. like normal. Very enjoyable. But I could I noticed like, you know, the hour, hour and a half that we were there having dinner and there's other people, obviously. So you're always people watching all these other people like what's their relationship like? What's that whole thing? Is that their I first date? You know, that. I me too. It's great. And do you make up backstories for them. Uh, probably I don't I do. know. I yeah, totally yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, I totally. And uh, within, you know, ten twenty minutes of this time frame, we're just giggling and having a really good. It's like when you take mushrooms. It was just giggling and so much fun. We were the happiest people there, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> like you're not fucking eating that. We're eating that right now. You know, I can tell. <laughs> and. Uh, so we've gone back there once since then, hoping that we we could uh, chase the same sensation. Chase and, the uh, dragon? Uh, yeah. And uh, it didn't happen. But we are going there again on Sunday for Valentine's Day. Did so. you guys drink booze while you were there that night? Like a glass of wine each. You know, nothing crazy. Were you on an empty stomach? I'm, I'm like, because this is, I, I, our brains work very similar. So yeah, yeah like, okay. No, it was like, like what, a normal day. And we man. both yeah. felt it when we were there that night. So I know it wasn't me. She knows it wasn't her. Like we both felt it. So like, what did we do? Were we on an empty stomach plus the spicy food plus the wine? Did you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe you just had some fucking goofy ass uh, rogue sous chef there that night who just didn't like the cut of your jib and decided to dose you and you got ended up having a really good time. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, in my angstier days, um, you know, when Facebook became a thing, you uh, always post stupid shit. And that's like with Twitter, you know, for example, like there's so many people on shows that have posted things off of Twitter that were stupid or you know offensive and people have gotten fired for those things just happened yeah gina carano ufc fighter who is on the mandalorian made a comment back in the day on twitter yeah she made a reference that hating people hating people over politics okay yeah and then made a is like and then made a comparison to nazi germany years ago wow like, and she's right. Like, as somebody who's Jewish and native, like, she's right. Like, when you vilify people and tell them they're evil because they believe and think a certain way, that's oh. exactly what the Nazis did. Yeah. This is exactly what they did. So she's not wrong. It's a little controversial. You know, you might upset some Jews who don't understand what your reference was, right? I don't even think she's Jewish, but. But you just can't say that stuff to the people that have the light heart nowadays. Well, and she things, didn't you know, say it so, recently. Yeah. She said it a long time ago. I know. It just got yeah. unearthed in a Twitter feed. So, like, you're totally right. Like, this is real. I've always watched and myself it just happened saying again. stupid shit. You know, I've always watched. So, Do you I, like, ever worry I, about shit you said in the past? Um, No, I don't. Honestly, I don't. I do. Because I don't think I ever said anything that bad. <laughs> I'm, but I'm if just waiting for it. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I did, though, um, I 
definitely or if i look like back on those times like on a memory from you know facebook or whatever i'll uh you know look at him like okay was that bad was that good blah 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 whatever but i did see a memory the other day where my friend brian <laughs> it said <laughs> I, I i texted I, I, the way you uh, chuckled uh, uh, the way you chuckled i'm just immediately laughing like oh that's good so um <laughs> him and i we it was uh we went out together one night and we went to um not ground zero there's the bondage club in minneapolis or like uh that's ground zero is it ground zero okay mm -hmm. right by the front yeah i was okay. just trying and, to think of this the other night yeah so yeah we went there one night and um, i just asked this question on a podcast two or three episodes ago you was, couldn't remember what it was i or couldn't what, think of the yeah. name of the club ground zero then yeah and uh uh we went there and it was uh you know we're having a good time and uh <laughs> um my friend Brian went to the bar and I was, I said to myself, I'm going to stick to drinking beers that night or whatever, or I was drinking liquor and he was drinking beer or something like that. I, I don't know what the situation was, but he, he got a drink. The from two the bartender were on said. the same pace. That's the moral. He had a drink and all of a sudden he was a completely different person. So I'm, pretty sure that the the date rape drug might have came involved with this because he has a good time but he doesn't have a good time enough where he's on the dance floor whipping his shirt off and like dancing with random people kind of thing he's not that kind of person and that happened that night we somehow disappeared we separated he went out his way i went my way my good friend came and picked me up and we ended up actually going up to brainerd <laughs> like i just this ain't, like, this ain't roofian this yeah. is he got dosed with molly that's what happened. No, no. So he, we didn't talk. He texted me two days later. He's like, dude, what happened? Two days later. Mm -hmm. And I'm like laughing. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we kind of separate our own ways. You went and did your thing. I went and did my thing. And he was gone. He blacked out for a couple days. Scary, kind of. You yeah. know, no recollection of what yeah. happened. So that's what makes me think it was, you know, a, a dude. A roofie, no, you know, I've so. been roofied. Yeah, I have too. So yeah. if you're able to fight a roofie, especially with alcohol. So if you're dosed via alcohol with a roofie, yeah. If you're able to fight it and stay awake, you get mean and almost violent, and yeah. you will have real hallucinations. It's bad man. So the, I've been roofied twice. The second time I was roofied. I was with my now wife, but she was just my girlfriend at the time. We get to McDonald's, and she she orders the food, and she hands it to me, and I look at everything, and I go, but what about the kid? And she goes, what kid? And I was like, <laughs> our kid. And she goes, we don't have a kid. And I go, then who the fuck is sitting in the back seat? And I turn back, and there's nobody there. There was a kid there. I'm telling you, there was a child in a car seat. And I look back and there's no kid there. I get so mad. I take the cheeseburger that I happen to have in my hand. I'm like, oh, fuck this shit. And I throw it in the back seat. <laughs> Dude. You're seeing shit, man. Like, yeah. that was a roofie. Yeah. But what your buddy suffered from is Molly. Like, you don't black out for two days on a roofie and have fun. Like, you fight a roofie until you get mean and borderline violent, and then you pass out from a roofie, and you wake up the next day 
asking that. It's not a two day. That's Molly. That's yeah. what I'm getting at. Like he got hit with Molly. He was having a great time. You guys separated. He went on a fucking two day party. That's yeah. what happened. And he probably was drinking and then started doing other drugs along the way that he doesn't remember, yeah. which added to the blackout. Because when you're on Molly and you're riding that kind of vibe, like you'll start doing a little blow with some fucking hot girl. Some other girl's like, hey, you want to do fucking another dose of Molly? He's <laughs> like, you're goddamn right. I want to do some more. But he doesn't remember any of it. I'm telling you, that's a Molly. Yeah. That's a Molly day. As somebody who's done that before, Molly, that is, I think it hits people different because it did nothing for me. Really? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I've never done Molly, but I've seen my friends do exactly what you described word for word. Like did nothing like yeah. like my buddy. For example, this didn't actually happen with my buddy Kevin, but he's a great example. Like, <laughs> yeah, he'll have a good time. We'll fucking get drunk. We'll get rowdy. We'll fucking be loud. But he's not going to fucking be that guy. But yeah. a friend of mine who's exactly the person you're describing fucking one night fucking Everybody's different, man. <laughs> and I watched him get dosed. Like Ari Shafir and Burt Kreischer. Like I watched him dose his drink. And I was like, this is going to be funny. Wow. It's going to be hilarious. And that's exactly what he did. He's out on the dance floor. He's hitting on girls. He's got his shirt off. Girls are into him. And I'm like, who is this guy? This is not my buddy I've known for years. By the way, like I said, disclaimer, this is not actually Kevin. It's just <laughs> someone exactly like Kevin. You know, um, like, you know, on the topic of uh, drinking and drugs and stuff like that. My. Um, yeah. Huge fan of those, by the way. <laughs> of drinking and drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, recreationally drinking, I think, is not the, the worst thing in the world. But when you start getting hooked on other things, it can really cause um, life changing problems. Um, myself included with uh, a little pill called Adderall. Um, oh, yeah. That was. Uh, that one really fucked with my head a lot because I did that. Um, what did you do? Did you break it up and sniff it? Uh, yeah, everything, you know. And uh, Did it start off as a prescription? No, I never had it. It was my friend that had it, you know. And, and did you start off by just eating it? Yeah. And then you what wanted you to get, get more. I mean, it was. When you first started taking it, what did you initially get out of it? It's synthetic meth is basically what sure, it is. Sure, but what know, did so. you get out of it? I mean, that uh, that high feeling, you know, where you just were on top of the world and nothing. You could drink a million beers and blah, blah, blah. There's it, it wasn't the point of staying up all night or anything because I like to sleep. I like to sleep. I like to do things. But what I noticed and I've noticed with a lot of my uh, friends is that it turns you it do, that turns you a little bit into a different person. And that was the only kind of downside of that, you know. It, it it made me do things to other people that I shouldn't have done. Basically, mm, it ruined a lot of relationships. It ruined a lot of things. That in what ways? Um, you know, I I, I had a, a good relationship at one point, and you mean like with a girl? Yeah, yeah. And I did a lot of that, and I feel like I was invincible that I could do anything that I wanted, kind of thing. And I did. And it may it turned into a really bad situation, you know. I mean, I did things I shouldn't have done, basically, and um, I regret it. You know, I mean, I don't regret a, a lot of things. Deal, but though, that yeah. you're able to just even acknowledge that, yeah, and then you were able to make that change because I know what being it's like. Oh, yeah. I'm an addict. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm an alcoholic. Oh my god! Like you were able to go. Oh no, this thing is not cool. Yeah, let me just get rid of this one bad thing in my life. Boom, gone. 
I went to a therapist for a while at that point, and I did he, you. You said you did progress to sniffing it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how long did that journey take to where you're just casually taking it because your buddy's getting a prescription? You're just eating it to like you started crushing it up and snorting it. I don't know. Probably right away. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were partying. We were young. What do you mean we right away? Yeah. Like a month? I don't know. A day? Maybe days. I don't know. Really? I don't fucking know. I don't yeah, fucking no. know either, yeah. man. Like, but I don't like I don't... snorting shit. I have yeah. a hard time doing blow. Yeah. Like, I've done blow a handful of times in my entire life. Yeah. Because, like, I got to already be super fucked up and in, like, a legit party mood. And then I'm like, fuck yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. Let's do some blow. Most people are that way, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't enjoy it. Like, I don't. Like, unless you do really good blow. If you do really good blow, well, that's different <laughs> with my personality. If you do really good blow with my personality, it actually is like pretty sweet. But what we get up in Minnesota is basically meth. Yeah. And speed. And it's like it's not even real coke at that point. And yeah, it's just a fucking it's a monster, dude. It's bad. Bec- and, I, and I if people are prescribed to that more than Mary, you know, do your own thing. But I know how it affected me and how I. It's treated ADD, other people. Right? You that's know. what it's usually. Prescribed that's what it's for, prescribed for. Yeah. And I know what it did, what I did to myself and what I did to other people. And it, that's that's what I regret, you know, because it forced me to get out of my own hometown where I was perfectly fine. Obviously, I needed to because look where I am now, you know, which I'm very happy with. But look at uh, you now. Fucking a, in man. the big city. No. Living the big life. No, I mean, but I mean, you are yeah. living literally the American dream. No, thank you. I mean, no. not to kiss your ass at all. Yeah. But like, let's just acknowledge that for a second. I mean, you're literally doing what we all try to do. Yeah. Right. And I am sort of in a way, too. But like, yeah, you came from a small town. You mm-hmm. got to the big city with a thriving music scene. And now you're in three fucking great bands. Mm hmm. And you're doing what you want to do. Like, that's what everyone's trying to figure out how to get to, bro. Do you realize, like, do do you ever step back and appreciate that? Like, or do you just kind of like, oh, you know, it's a grind. I'm doing my job. You know, keep my head down. Do you ever have the ability to step back and go, holy fuck, man. Like, even if I'm not, even if I'm not in Metallica, like, I'm still living the actual dream. Does that ever hit you? It's kind of a tough way to respond to that i kind of have a tough way to respond to that i guess um because i knew what i wanted to do and i tried to do that but i needed to go to the next level to doing that which takes sacrifices and chances like anybody has to do so um yeah i'm very grateful i'm very fucking grateful because i have worked hard to do that and i've had a lot of support and a lot of help from other people that have done that and the the thing about it is you all have to be on the same page basically when other people are not on the same page with what you're doing it never will happen basically so i mean some people say well it's faith you know well fuck if it's faith then you know who knows it nobody knows that's the thing but you have to that's such a wide open word though it really is when you say faith you're painting with such a broad brush faith in what who myself yeah my friends my fans like, who am I having faith in? Like, because I have to address these same things with the podcast. It's a lot different because it's just me, right? But, like, you do, as an artist, you get these moments of doubt, right? And how do you keep going? Where's that motivation? For me, it is faith. Like, I have to believe in myself. I have to believe in the version of God I believe in. I have to believe that my wife is supporting me. I have to have faith in all of these things. 
in order for me to continue to do this podcast. And then I've started to see that that payoff, that positive reinforcement. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it didn't come immediately. So to kind of take it back to the actual question, though, is like I haven't been able to sit down and do that with this podcast. Not yet. It's not big enough yet. I appreciate everything that's gone on. Yeah. But I don't sit back and go like, wow, man, I'm really lucky. Like I'm living the dream. I'm doing the podcast thing. It's too small right now. But I did get to a point where I noticed what I was doing in the music industry was very special, even though it wasn't on the highest of high levels. I started to realize after a while that there is hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in bands that couldn't even get this far, whether it's through an opportunity that was given to them, whether it's their bands broke up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, you, you got to like you got to be on the same page or it'll never work. There you go. There's a million bands that have started and stopped before their first show, be- their first show because of that, let alone got to where they were a headlining band drawing 500 people at a local club, let alone getting to sell out first Avenue, a 1500 person venue, let alone the next level where you're doing that three nights in a row, like fucking doom tree or fucking atmosphere, mm-hmm. American head charge. Let alone, you see what I'm saying? Like every time you get to the next step, there's just a greater and greater amount of people who haven't made it to that level. And that's why, that's, that's why I ask that. Like, does that ever hit you? Do those moments where we're like, wow, man, fucking like I've made it a lot farther than maybe. And I'm not saying maybe you shouldn't have made it that far. That's kind of how I rationalize it. Like the odds are stacked again. It's like making it to the NFL, dude. That's the perfect example. Just being drafted to the NFL is like a one in a billion shot. Like it's insanely high. Then the average career is three and a half years. So even if you last like my buddy Ezra, who lasted nine years in the NFL, he's he wasn't a regular pro bowler. He wasn't an all pro. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. But he still, and most people, even hardcore football fans, don't know who he is. But he still achieved like the top 1% of the top 1% of the top 1%, and there's still six levels above him he didn't achieve. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's true for even a guy who got drafted and then never played a single down in the NFL. He still made it way farther than almost everyone. Do moments like that ever hit you, like when you're playing in front of a crowd or you get to open for a certain band where you're like, fuck, man, like whether I can pay my mortgage on this or not, this is the dream um to the first thing that comes to mind is yeah I, i'm beyond grateful my story is nowhere close to being done obviously right but yeah, to come young yeah to, but to come we both are. to come from where i came from i tried really hard with my band maybe saints when i was growing up we did a lot That's more a cool than band name. that was your first band no, it wasn't my first band, but it was my first like somewhat success. Good band. Yeah, good band. Yeah, it's a good way to put it's it. It's actually guess, kind of so. a good band name too. We were uh, we had uh, uh, Wayne for a hot minute from American Head Charge in the band. Actually, um, well, you said his name, I thought of it. But anyways, uh, uh, I we did a lot at that time that I thought was really cool. But I wanted to keep going, and and that was the thing. There was differences between band members that never got us somewhere so by the time that i came and some we guys started just want to be in a hobby band 
Yeah. And some we had guys a- like maybe they want to be in a big band, but they don't believe in this band. They're like, well, I don't know if this band can make it. Like there's so many different things that you could be talking about. A lot just, of to, scenarios. just to put it in context yeah. for listeners that are confused. What does he mean? They're not on the same page. Make pick an example. <laughs> yeah. I mean, somebody wants to get married. Somebody has kids. Somebody does this. You know, I mean, it's, it's a million Somebody's just doing things, it for so fun. Somebody's yeah. doing it while they're doing something else, like going to medical school or whatever. You know? Correct. Like, yeah, yeah it, you might be in a band with Tom Morello while you're at Harvard, but you might also be in a band with my old buddy, Joe Kunka, who's now literally about to invent a cure for cancer. You know, wow. like that's not, it, it, he was never, it, it, once he hit 19 and realized he was a genius, there was no being in a band anymore. It was like, oh, we'll do this, but I'm this is my real goal over here. Yeah, Those are the things that you're talking about. And those things will kill a band before it needs to. So like Joe could have stayed in the band till he was 22 and school got really serious when he had to go to real medical school. But no, like that killed our band by the time we were 17. Because we already seen the path he was on. By the time he turned 19, it was like, dude, this band's fucking done. So just in case anyone's confused, that's kind of the context of what you're talking about. Like, not everyone's on the same page. So this is, uh, to pick back up where we were, this is um, maybe Saints that you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, the band did things. And you can pull that cool. all the way back to you. Yeah, get comfortable we, we did things, and it was great. And everything was fun about it. But I wanted to to take that obviously as far as via has come now you know that was the idea basically obviously that didn't happen now via has done eight years of music uh you know two records going on a third record sold been in situations where we played the myth sold out we played first avenue sold out we played the palace theater sold out we played you know all these huge venues and not even just minnesota across you know the united states my drummer at the time when he was done with it, he told me that not uh, the first drummer, you know, he told me second drummer. Technically, he told me that this was it. You know, I accomplished everything I wanted to basically. And we were like, well, you did. We haven't yet, you know, and, you know, love him for it. But he he chose his own path to do his own thing. I am beyond blessed that we have been able to do what we have. But it's nowhere enough for my likings with, with via, for example. And, right. and now with other projects being involved too, I mean, that's just a whole nother can of worms that's opening up. You know, I want to play guitar in other things because it's, it's keeping my mind really hot right now, you know, and, and my fingers doing what they should be doing. So, well, and you kind of yeah. have to, whether you want to or not, you kind of have to do that. Nowadays, you don't really get to be, in one band if all you do is play one instrument like so without sounding like i'm talking shit about anybody else i'll just use myself as an example so like the only way i have a chance to make it now in this industry is because i play multiple instruments and i have a podcast i have to have all of those things going to be relevant in this industry, in this world, in the mediums that we consume content in now. If you're not going to fucking start some version of a podcast or you're not going to have a YouTube channel where you're doing tutorials and videos and how-tos and playthroughs, if you're not going to go that route and you just like, listen, dude, I'm a fucking guitar player and that's what I do. 
then you need to be in like six bands. Mm-hmm. It's the only way you're going to make it in this world. You, it's not a choice. So if you want to be a professional musician right now, you better be prepared to be in multiple bands or play multiple instruments, which is essentially being in multiple bands, or create some version of an online content so you can supplement your income. Because you're not paying your mortgage off just playing guitar anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> you know, I, I hope everyone understands that. Like, it's just not happening. Even the good musicians I know that don't have day jobs, like Wheeler is a great example. Yeah. He's come on the podcast a few times. Um, that dude has done more in this industry than most of us ever will. And he's already been retired for a long time. But yeah. uh, he made his money off writing songs for other people. Like a lot of the songs you hear on the radio, he had a hand in writing those songs. And you don't, you would never know. He can't even talk about it if he wanted to. He's got NDAs in place. That's why he's able to fucking just be an entertainer and a musician. Pretty badass. It's hard, though. It's yeah. all work. So going back it's to where we started work, this know? conversation, yeah. which like, you know, a band will be around for 10 years before or eight years or four years before they have a fucking hit single and then blow up overnight. Like, no matter how you look at this, m- motherfuckers are paying their dues. Even a guy that invents an app, Right. And suddenly is a billionaire. Yeah. Like he has years of practicing coding. Like you're not just going to get to be some lazy fuck who sits in a chair and comes up with an idea and then gets everyone else to do all the work and like you actually make it rich. Unless that's your deal. (laughs) But that's work. That's a lot of work. Like you have to find funding. You have to find the engineers. You have to find the designers. So on and so forth. And then actually get it to market and then actually sell it. You're still running a company. Like, you're not just going to sit here at a table and just shit out a, a billion-dollar idea and get rich. You're paying dues somewhere, man. And I don't think people are really understanding that. I think people are expecting too much success too fast nowadays. So whether it's this podcast or your band or fucking someone's app that they've been working on for 10 years, doesn't matter. It's a time We're frame. all paying dues. We're all working our asses off. And I'm I, the reason I'm bringing this up and the reason I think... the. Re- the reason I think I'm bringing this up is because I've been trying to get my little brother to understand this. He's about 20, mm-hmm. and he's not understanding, like, you got to go out there, and you got to fail a whole bunch of times in order to understand even how to succeed. But this younger generation, and even some people in our generation, they want to, like, get it all figured out first and then take their first step. And it's like, that's not how anything ever works. I just don't understand why they're so apprehensive about You got to be okay with failure, you know. It's a good way to put it. Uh, Not only that, but it's necessary. Wouldn't you agree? It is. Funny, um, based off the top, there's a question I saw here, too. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Shout out to Margo Elena. I assume I'm saying that correctly. Thanks for checking in. Thanks for commenting. Who are the up-and-coming rock metal bands in Minneapolis? Any young bands to look out for? Well, it's funny because normally Define young. Like, do you mean like people that are twenty? Because <laughs> that's usually where the hip shit's coming from. Or do you just mean bands that um people don't already know about? It's it's funny because I told you when I came here, the last time I hopped in a lift was the last time I came here. And normally a or Uber Yeah, whatever. yeah. Normally I I've already had like sixty trips since then because I am one of those people that is an active goer to First Avenue, the myth, uh, fucking um, honey. Um, 
331 Club, um, the Triple Rock when it was around, all these clubs. And I've seen a lot of those bands, but a lot of them have since passed, you know, or not not died, but they're gone, you know. And one of them that was one of my favorites was uh, Porno Wolves. That was a really cool band that was around for a while. <laughs> That's a hilarious name. band name. Great name. Beyond amazing, in my opinion. You're not making yeah. it onto any EA games no. with that band name. No. <laughs> yeah, I love that band. They were cool. Uh, up and coming bands, though. Um, well, a, I'd like yeah. to throw your name into that ring because there's a surprisingly large amount of people in the scene that don't know of your band. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to put your, your Via, which you can check at Via Rock, Via Roll on YouTube or yeah. wherever. Um. Yeah, let's try to throw some band names out here. Um, one cool band that we got to play with that uh, I kind of heard about and I'm a fan of is the band called The Issue. They're a really cool band. They remind me a lot of um, Silver Chair, which is a really kind of weird band to really replicate because his voice was so unique. So that kind of grungy, sure. you know, yeah. post Nirvana era, they sound a lot like Silver Chair in my opinion. Um, so that's, that's a cool band that there's I can a, talk there's about. a band yeah. called uncle daddy locally heard of them. They're really uh, fucking cool. I stumbled mm-hmm. upon them online because the singer, <clears throat> the singer kept getting put in my recommended feed, like suggested friends. You know what I'm talking about? It pops yeah. up every so many posts and it goes the other way. And, uh, his name's Joey Moya. And I was like, Am I, do I know this guy? Like, why does Facebook keep telling me to add this guy? Usually it's because I have his phone number. Like, I know this guy and I yeah. just don't recognize him. And uh, I click on his thing and all his fucking pictures to me are hilarious. Like, every one of them are kind of sexy and a little gay. And to me, I love it. I think it's hilarious. So one of two things is happening with, with this singer. Either he's gay or he's so fucking straight he gives no fucks either way i hope he understands that his pictures maybe they are sexy but to guys like me they're hilarious so it's still a positive is what i'm saying and i'm into it so i checked out i'm like who the fuck and i'm like this guy's hilarious whoever this guy is he's got a giant dick because there's no (laughs) way you have this much confidence to take these kind of photos unless you're hung like a horse so I'm like, who is this guy? I see sings at Uncle Daddy. And I think Uncle spelled with a K. So I click on it and I listen to their music and it's actually kind of good. I was like, okay. I liked it. I so like him. I yep. hit dude up. I hit dude up and I'm like, dude, you got to come on the podcast. He might actually be. He said he's cool. down. So he should. Yeah. He, he might be coming on the podcast. So check out Uncle Daddy. That's one. Um, they're not new, but I'll throw another one out there. Wither the Tide. Um, yep, you, you can throw the H in or out. There's two different versions of that band. Wither the Tide, one has an H in Wither and one doesn't. Um, their first record, I actually got a shout out, shout out on that record. Um, like I'm in the thanks thing. It's called uh, The New Chemical, I think. Great record. It's in one of those... You know how as musicians, as real music fans, we have those lists of like... There's certain albums that have to be played front to back like at least once a year, once every six months. You like, I'm going to listen to this record. Wither the Tide has one of those records for me. I'm very familiar. Yeah, I like him. Um, I'm going to yeah. take a leak quick here. Yeah, go ahead and take a leak. Montoya is actually singing for my project. Oh, yeah, I should throw my band name in there. We don't have anything out yet, but keep an eye out for the rivalry because we're coming out soon. 
we're working on music now. I think that's I think I think people are gonna dig that. Um There's this new band I've been hearing about. I haven't heard their music, but I've been hearing about this band called Dreams Aside. Have you heard of those guys? Oh, I don't know. You might have went upstairs. All right, throw some other questions in here, guys. There's a bunch of you watching. I can see it. Throw some questions in here so we have some shit to ask or answer, whatever. Because he's going to the bathroom now, and then I'm going to have to turn around and go to the bathroom. So throw your questions in chat now. So by the time he gets back, he has some some people to talk to. I'm going to have to go to the bathroom too. And thank you guys for checking in. Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure you guys hit subscribe. Um, helps the channel a ton. We do like two of these a week at least, usually. Um, most likely going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays every week. Every once in a while, I'll throw a Wednesday in there. Um, sometimes people cancel, so sometimes it is only one a week. Uh, Sometimes I'll throw an extra one on there on a on a Saturday or something. And then every once in a while we'll do a special. We did a Halloween special, which was hilarious and it was a shit show. We did a New Year's Eve special, which was a riot. And I don't know what special I'm doing next. For a little bit I debated maybe we should do the um like either a St. Patty's Day or an April Fool's, but neither of those ended up sounding like the greatest idea, so we bailed on those. But yeah, guys, throw your uh, throw your shit in chat here. If you don't, in the next couple seconds here, I'm just going to go back and play a song. I have tunes I can play. Oh, Eric's back. All right, if they don't throw some questions here in chat, I got to go to the bathroom too. Yeah. So if they don't throw songs in here in chat pretty soon, I'm just going to end up playing a song. Do you have anything we can play? Um... I suppose uh, I don't have any new Vias songs I can give to the public yet that are out, but uh, there's clips of um, Fuzzard, my new project. We're going to not be doing... Okay, I know we heard that. Um, we're going to not be doing this much longer, playing songs and shit, yeah. because now that Greg Chilton is back in the fold... That's kind of his deal, right? So um, eventually we won't be doing too much of this. I mean, we'll still we'll still plug shit, but like Greg actually does like, if anybody's curious who the hell I'm talking about, go to the bottom of my page, go to my homepage, go to the bottom of the page, scroll down, you'll see featured channels. Uh, Greg Chilton, he has something called Ritual Madness Podcast. It's very similar to this, but... He'll have on an entire band. He'll play their music. He'll play music that inspired them. He'll play all kinds of cool shit. That's actually what they do. It's it's very similar to a real radio show. I don't want to step on his dick, so I'm going to quit doing this eventually as he starts to get closer and closer to That's cool. what he was doing. Because um, I just have so much respect for him and, and what he does at the level he does it. He's a better interviewer than I am. That's why I don't even try to be the best interviewer I can be. Sure. That's really not the point of this podcast. This podcast is us hanging out like like as yeah. if we're sitting at a bar. We're just shooting the shit, hanging out, having fun, talking about whatever the hell we want to. That's uh, cool. Makes it easier when we have conversations and, you know. I was just told somebody couldn't, uh, we could not, they connect, cannot comment 
Oh, did live chat get turned off? She, yeah. She was able to comment, but this happens. This is a thing. So let's see. It says it's on. You can see it right there. Yeah. Live chat's on. If you're not logged in, you might not be able to, guys. Like, if you're sitting in an app. Is your volume cut out there? Where? Scroll back to that thing. Here? It looked like it when you popped up there. No, scroll. Oh, I have yeah. that muted. Yeah, because oh, otherwise okay. we'll hear it. We're down okay. here. Oh, okay. This is us right here. So this is me. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is me here, and that's you right there. Yeah, it says it's on, guys. And Margot was able to comment, so we know we're able to take some comments. Word. Make sure you guys are logged in to YouTube, because if you're not logged in, I bet you that's what it is if you can't comment. Makes sense. It's the only thing that I can think of. Um... I totally lost my train of thought. Doesn't matter anyways, because I wasn't really... I was just trying to fill time. So, yeah. Uh, I was going to play a song, because I got to take a leak anyways. And so, I just need to make sure... Give me one second here. Let's go to this one, so they can still see us at least. Mm -hmm. And I just need to double check this. Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't think... Have you heard this? I probably played this for you last time you were Maybe. Here. This isn't this isn't even new anymore. It used to be new. Let's see. We might be able to hear it now. <laughs> Fucking Google Drive, man. Gotta refresh this shit. It's weird. If you press pause in Google Drive too many times, it'll just not play. Lock you up. Huh? Yeah, you gotta just like refresh it. It's the silliest thing I've ever seen in my life. All right, so this is the track if it starts playing. No. Nope. All right, so let's try the other one. Fucking Apple and and everything else. Okay, there we go. Ooh! All right, let's turn that down. Woo! That was it, though. <laughs> we got her, buddy. That's it. All right, so I'm going to play this. They can still see you. Word. You're here. Um, and if you guys have questions and all that kind of shit, you can still throw them in chat. Uh, test, test working. <laughs> See, Elena's or Marco's still able to throw shit in chat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, OBS and everything updated, and one of my plugins stopped working, so I couldn't play audio. So I downloaded a second one, a different company, and that one was working. But then everything I had set up wasn't working. So now I have to like. I think I need to strip it all down and rebuild it because now there's so many options. Every single moment of what I'm doing, I need to like switch this interface with this input and this output and monitor this and mute that. It's so convoluted. I had like a good two-month run where all of this was like smooth as fuck, bro. It was like butter. I just hit play Shit and everything happens, would work. You know. Yeah. Hey, Linda Best wasn't logged into YouTube. See? Told you. Yeah. See, I know things. I may be an idiot, but I still know some stuff. All right, so I'm going to play this track, and then uh, I'm going to turn it down, too, so it's not overwhelmingly loud. That should be good right there. Watch, it won't play again. There we go. Okay, you guys might recognize this from the promo read, but there's yep. vocals on this. so I mean, you don't have to talk, but people have the ability to finally get in and start typing in questions, so... All right, I'm going to go take a leak. I'll be right back. Word. Is this you singing on this? No. no. This is Jeremy Montoya from Wither the Tide. Oh, okay, cool.
Oh yeah, I've heard this before. Cool song, man. It's not bad, right? Yeah, I like it. It's catchy. Yeah, that's the hard part. It's a good hook. Just yeah. make it catchy. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Just make it catchy, man. It's a pretty simple formula. Yeah. So you asked me if I was singing Montoya's singing from Wither the Tide, and then Dalton's doing the lead guitars. Okay. I'm letting them breathe a little bit so people can hear the leads. And then I wrote all the music. Cool. So I'm doing everything except the lead guitars and the vocals. And Dalton has one of the most bitchin' little riffs. Like a four-bar solo right here. I'm going to turn this part up. Like, that dude fucking rips, bro. Yeah, it's badass. That motherfucker. We can just turn it down. Nobody needs to hear the rest of that shit. <laughs> but uh, that motherfucker, I was, like, getting bummed out because shit wasn't getting finished for so long, dude. And he showed up and breathed new life to the point where I was like, all right, let's really do this again. <laughs> Linda's got a question. Linda Best, thank you for checking in. Uh, tell us about Fuzzard. We haven't gotten to Fuzzard yet. Yeah. We talked about Via a lot last time. Yep. Talked about Flip quite a bit last time. Yep. But since then, you've announced Fuzzard, and that's also very important to you. Yeah, Fuzzard. Um, there was a point. First, tell people what Fuzzard is. Obviously, it's a band, but like, what style music is Yeah. So Fuzzard is just a big bird. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's part of our logo, actually. No, so Fuzzard is uh, it's it's a loud hard rock band. You know, basically, is it actually a bird though? That's kind of where we kind of. I don't even know. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I get but, it. I get it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. You're good. You're good. It's a loud rock band. It's a loud fucking rock band. I mean, um, let me read. Uh, is there any a phrasing? That, is there any chance it comes from the idea of like a fuzzy turd? No. 
Damn. <laughs> Here's a quote. If Black Sabbath and Motorhead took Bon Jovi and Def Leppard, rolled them into a joint and smoked it today, you'd be in the cloud of fuzzard. Dope. So, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's me and a couple, uh, uh, three other guys that are, um, you know, 20 years older than I am. Great where do we guys. find these snippets, by the way, while you're talking? Where do I find these snippets to pull them up? On uh, YouTube, I think, uh, if you type in fuzzard, it should pop up. ZZRD. No ARD. You got that? No, I accidentally typed X's. I don't know because I'm... There it is. There's the first one right there. To give you an idea, yeah. All right, perfect. All right, keep going. You can keep explaining. Yeah, so there was a, a point in uh via that was a little rocky there was a rocky time for the band and during that time frame the band re- was rebuilt which it had it was rebuilt and that now it's even stronger than it ever has been anyways long story short i kind of was asked to come into this project and it started out very very slowly and it has progressed for a couple years now actually since Fuzzard has since gotten a little bit more, um, it's kind of hard to spit out, you know. It's come a long ways, basically, is the best way to put it. We've been in and out of the studio several times. I've done a lot of guitar tracks with this band, um, helped put my own take on the band, basically. And then we created a band name, created a logo, um, created a website, so on and so forth. Uh, now, basically, we have almost an entire record that's finished. Basically, it is done. And Fuzzard uh, is full form now, basically. There's two music videos that have been finished. There's a full record that's basically done. Uh, we and have is a, that what we're seeing is yes. like a sneak peek of a video? Yes, this comes out uh, for the first single that we're going to be doing um, called Monster Carnival. That'll be coming out next Friday, the 19th. Uh, the full video and the release, I guess, to the world where it is uh, on our website, on Spotify, so on and so forth. Fuzzard is uh, now basically a full force band. Uh, it consists of members of um, a band called Downtread and 35 also Crash Matic, So yeah, Let's get you to 100. Everybody yeah. go to Fuzzard, just like I'm showing on the screen, F-U-Z-Z-R-D at YouTube. And subscribe. Let's get it. I'll even subscribe right now. So there's 36. Let's get you to a hundo, bud. Cool. Let's Thanks get you there. Should we play this? Sure. All right. Let's go full screen. They can still see us. We're in that little PIP down there. Your volume's gone. Oh, yeah. It sure is, ain't it? Because I turned it down. <laughs> God damn it, Jamie. <laughs> See now, now I'm trying to turn. I'm trying to rewind it on the fucking OBS, so I moved the frame. That's hilarious. All right, boom. This is why I need a producer, guys. This is why you got to join the Patreon, so I can afford to hire a producer. For real, it's good uh, publicity, man. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm also not. <laughs> All right, here we go. You look a little fat in that video. I do? 
<laughs> Just in that one angle. Oh, it was a bad angle. I agree. Yeah. Let's play that again. I got to show you. Oh, I know the angle. I've seen this video a million times. <laughs> you don't have to reshow again, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love you, dude. Yeah. You too, brother. No, I know. No, that's it's really good. Thanks, dude. I know it's a sneak peek, and we didn't really get to see much, but it, it's really good, dude. That's what I think is really cool about you, man, is like all your bands are really good. Thanks. We all do this where like, yeah, we're good, cool, but then we have this one band where it's like, <laughs> why, why are you, you doing, why that? You doing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, they're my friends. And like, yeah, you should leave that band. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't found one of them with you. Oh, that's You're good. all fucking good, dude. Well, thanks, dude. Cheers, <laughs> brother. Cheers, brother. Still got nice. some beers in there? Oh, yeah. Good, man. Yeah, man. That's, uh, it, uh, me and, uh, Brett, the, singer writer guitar player in that band we're both uh guitar geeks big guitar geeks and we get along very well in that sense because uh that's what this band is really driven towards is a, basically a lot of uh big dual soloing stuff that we're doing trade-off soloing because you know we're old school iron maiden fans and shit like that and and uh that's a big thing about there. Shout out to Richard Kelvin watching from California fun show where are you guys broadcasting from sounds midwest fuck Fuck! I've completely sure. redeveloped my Midwestern accent. I took pride. Are you from here or where are you from? I'm totally from here, bro. Yeah, I thought but so. Yeah. I took pride in the fact that I toured the country so much. I had completely gotten rid of my Midwestern accent. Like so you much. You don't lose that. Fuck dude, you. I really did. <laughs> so much to the point where I had adopted. I say certain words in certain accents, right? So like when like I say walk, talk, like I'm on the East Coast, right? You'll see me slip into a southern draw a lot, right? A lot, especially if I'm ever hanging out with anybody from the south. I immediately start it because I was a bill collector for eight years. And I used to, this is a funny story. I used to get called child, boy, and kid a lot. So, excuse me. I was complaining to my supervisor, who's a black dude. Right. And yeah. he's like, yeah, we'll check this out. I used to get called the N word, like hard N bombs on, on a phones. regular basis. Yeah. Cause oh. we were bill collectors. So he told me this story about how he developed. Um, and he's like, he's been on the podcast. His name's Anwar Anfield. We've talked about this on the podcast. And he talks like this. He's real fucking cool. He's real fucking calm. You know, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> that kind of guy, you know, like, mm. and he developed. Uh, what what I think is up there with Dave Chappelle and uh, fucking Eddie Murphy's level of nerdy white guy voice, <laughs> right? So he's like, hi, this is Mr. Anfield. How can I help you today? And it was like so nerdy and vulnerable that it worked for him. So I experimented with a bunch of accents and landed on a Southern accent. I want to hear it. Tell me it. So I can't just do it off the bat. I got to like, so I would actually talk to myself in a Southern accent on the way to work to fall into it and make it authentic. But then I would do it for eight <laughs> hours a day for eight years. I did this for 40 hours a week. I spoke in a Southern and I would drop my voice and I just, you know, is real gentle, nothing, nothing super obnoxious, you know, just, just a slight draw, nothing major, you know, but I could sit here and I could have a conversation with the man on the phone and he would not know that I was 18 years old. Yes, sir. Like he had no idea. Okay. <laughs> and when men would try to raise their voice, I could lower mine and I'd go, listen, sir, we're not going to go this route. We're going to have a peaceful conversation because we are men. We're here to do business. <laughs> and this shit worked for me, bro. 
It worked for me. It sounds like it did. Dude, I made so much money as a bill collector for like five consecutive years. It was no 20-year-old starting at 18, 18 to 23. No kid that age should get access to that amount of money that fast. Yeah. Like it was bad. It was like being drafted into the NFL and getting (laughs) that bonus check, dude. Like I was buying shit and doing shit. Word. No one at that age should be doing. Um, So my point is, is like, I was moving to Colorado in fourth grade and I said something to someone and she goes, oh, you're from Minnesota. And I was like, how'd you know that? And she said, by your accent, it bothered me so much at that moment that that I started paying attention to accents. And then when I went out on tour, I went out of my way when people are like, so where are you from? I'd be like, oh, by the way, to answer your question, Richard, uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, that's where we're from. That's where we're broadcasting from. And so I wouldn't even tell people we're from Minnesota. I'd go Minneapolis because I didn't want to say anything with an O in it. Minnesota. You know what I mean? Like yes. it literally bugged me because people would make fun of us like that fucking movie Fargo. Yeah. It was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Oh, it was obnoxious. <laughs> and I worked adamantly. So is what is what Richard is politely telling us is that. I haven't toured in so fucking long. I've completely readopted my my Midwestern accent. We toured, and that sucks. We toured <laughs> once. Uh, we've been on a bunch of tours. Thanks but for we watching. We toured Richard. once. Uh, Make sure you hit thanks, subscribe. Dude. Yeah, we toured. Um, you know the East Coast, so we dealt with the East Coast accents with the Minnesota accents. Yeah, you walk, you talk. Yeah, did that, and then we did the um, the Southern boys you know the guys from mississippi and georgia and stuff like that did that and we've done you know each area you know of the the states and it's always funny because we get along with them really well except for uh the um i'm not gonna get political here but the one of the last times we were on i mean well not one of the last times but one of the times we were on tour we were on, on the east coast during the uh not this past election the election prior to that so 2016 yes and uh um, everybody had a different mind <laughs> set on that one and that got kind of ugly a little bit actually you know and really especially when you like if you were to video any specific events we can reference um not really no I'll, I'll i mean you, there was a I'll lot give, of pot smoking going on and i'll give you a brief yeah. context okay so I, I was in a scenario like that and all i'm gonna say is this our band was split on politics but we were tight but depending on what city we went to, somebody in the band was insanely uncomfortable. That's all I'm going to say. Because yeah. like if we went to the right wing town, like the dudes on the left were really uncomfortable. If we went to the left wing town, the dudes on the right were really uncomfortable. And I only ever got uncomfortable on tour once. And I don't remember the town, but it was in Iowa. And I remember we showed up. Pat Rule is coming back on the podcast. Hopefully he remembers the town. But we we went to the library to promote our show on My, MySpace. And when we walked out, Eric, these motherfuckers, I swear to God, we walked out of the library, which is in Town Square, where City Hall is. And we looked directly across the street in Town Square. And in the fucking main plaza, somebody had hung up in there. They clearly are living there. It's an apartment building of some sort. But the windows face the courtyard to the Town Square. There's a Nazi flag and a Confederate flag right there hanging in the window. And I just remember looking at my buddies going, dude, I'm native and Jewish. Like, we need to get the fuck out of here as fast (laughs) as possible. If these guys find out I'm a Jew, 
like I'm not making it out of this town. <laughs> like that was the only time it was this random small town, and we had this killer show. We had a fucking killer show. There was like 800 kids there. Like it was wild, especially being an out of town band. But we went on. Uh, it's uh, not uh, one of those tours, but we went on this different tour that we were on, and we went to. Um, Thanks, we were playing in Ohio. And uh, the the van that we had was brand new, and we were driving uh, to this club in Battle. Well, how do I put this? We were at Battle Creek. Heard gunshots going off, and everything is crazy. You know, when we landed in Battle Creek at the uh, the music factory we played at, we look at our tires. Wait, what at, state in, is this in? Michigan. Okay, I'm like and, I know yeah, all these places. It, yeah. <laughs> We were playing and uh, or like we were hanging outside the venue and look at our tires and, you know, starting to see wires come out of them. And we're like, oh, shit, you know, Uh-oh. that's not looking good. So we put on the spare. And this is on the, the van or on the trailer? On the van. Might have been the trailer, too. Actually, I don't know. Better but if it's on the trailer. The next day was in Dayton, Ohio, because we were routing around that part of the Midwest. And our drummer at the time, he said, well, we were working on our budget, like band money. How much are we going to? invest in new tires kind of thing you know <laughs> all of so, it yeah yeah <laughs> shit so it's literally what's gonna get us from town to town th- so this is what it was the, the the tires on the 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 trailer that's what was bad so we replaced those everything was fine there but then the the van trailer or the van tires were bad too and so you guys owned uh, your own trailer yeah we still do in our van in smart and we uh pulled up into this um quote-unquote ghetto town in uh in dayton which we ohio yeah which then researched because this was the next day on the tour or whatever we were in like the third most dangerous city in you know america (laughs) or something like that so we pull up in this uh we pull up in this uh band van and literally this is it's a chop shop you know there's there's boarded windows around this entire area and it's the middle of the day. This is why I'm bringing a biker gang on tour with me to run security. (laughs) So, so we have a trailer band. It's four of us. We, we pull into this place. There's like a million people that come walking out of this place. It was like the Hills have eyes, like these people coming out of nowhere kind of thing, watching you like in every corner. Yeah. Cause they, you're the bad guy. Like you're the foreigner. Yeah. Like bunch of random white dudes with tats show up like here. Like, even if they're also white, they don't recognize you. They yeah. quickly go, who are these guys? And everyone goes, I don't fucking know. And they go, oh, shit. Yeah, so you're getting... you're getting. So, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're like, okay. We're like, we need new tires, right? They're like, okay. You, they're looking around and, you know, okay, so your trailer, you got to go park that over there because we need to... You can't have the trailer on when we're going to lift the van up. So we're like, okay. So we go over to the um, parking so it was lot. The, it uh-huh. was the tires on the van then? At this point, yes. Okay. Because you're so already done we're the going to park the trailer in the shopping mall that's across the street where every single place had boarded up windows and you know steel bars, bars on, on everything, window, yeah. and we're like, all right, this is looking safe even during the day. <laughs> so I shit you not, as we're getting out of the van, getting ready to unhook the trailer because we're like, okay, we're gonna make this a deal. This guy comes up in a big vehicle and. First thing he says that says to us, and he says, "What's in that trailer?" Like yelled it like out of his thing, like well, nothing, nothing. 
we hooked the trailer up and left Fuck because yeah, we were dude. in a really like I'm, I'm i'm not by no means am i trying to sound like racist no i'm not trying to <laughs> whatsoever i am not but the thing about it was it seemed like a dangerous area and we looked it up and it was a dangerous area if it was white people or black people or whoever doesn't matter it, it's it was a dangerous area you know like i'm telling you listen <laughs> as as somebody who appears to be white yeah i've been in a lot of trailer parks where i've been scared shitless we're so like I. these <laughs> i may look white but these aren't my kind of white people if you know what i'm saying like i get exactly what you're getting at like Every, when you're in a shady neighborhood yeah. you're in a shady neighborhood and it's in the air everybody's dangerous man everybody an can energy. be dangerous yeah. like you can feel it shout out to richard by the way minneapolis that's cool he uh he says he stumbled across the show randomly um and he likes the vibe thank you brother appreciate that man uh do Word. me a favor and hit sub hit subscribe dude it helps the channel a ton man uh we're still grinding to a thousand subs um yeah I was just talking to my buddy. Uh, shout out to Zach, by the way, at Central Ave Licks. Uh, that's kind of my guy. I go to Central Ave. Which one? Um, Central Avenue Liquors. Right off the Lowry. one right by. Um, right off Lowry, man. Right by the Walgreens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I used to regular there. I lived on 23rd Street for yeah. four years. So. Yeah, shout out to Zach. He's the guy that always recommends me the beers. I'm always like, hey, I'm doing a podcast tonight. I want this because, you know, it's safe. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and then give me something weird. And. Every night he knocks it out of the park, except tonight, Zach. <laughs> yeah, it tasted like shit. It, it's a little funky. <laughs> no. This this one this one's a little funky. That that one we started off with. But uh seriously, shout out to all you guys, man. I appreciate it. We're still grinding to a thousand subs. It's a fucking it's a grind. It takes dude. a long time, man. It's a grind. Uh, it's awesome. It, it's amazing because you're I was, doing this like almost every day, and that's awesome, dude. I'm really proud of at you. At least so. two times a week for sure. Yeah. At least two times a week for sure. And then the peripheral shit of making all the things sound. So between getting it back on audio, making sure thumbnails are cool, um, booking, um, promoting, all that kind of shit. It's a full time job. Uh, but I'm astonished. That we used to be able to get 500 to 1,500 people to come to a show regularly in every town we played in. But to get 1,000 people to hit a fucking red button and subscribe to your YouTube channel is like pulling teeth. I'm not complaining. I'm shocked. I thought this was going to be easy. I was like, I used to get people to pay money to come watch me make music. It's a music. different time, man. It's a different now time. Now all they got to do is hit a red button on a computer. This is way harder. <laughs> it is. It's a different time, like it's I said. It's so much harder. It's a different time, brother. It's so much harder. It's like it's like when your parents tell you they're not mad, they're just disappointed. And it's like, that's so that's much worse. worse. Yeah. That's so yeah. much worse. That's like starting a YouTube channel. Like, Word. I don't care how cool or popular you are, man. Like, the internet is fucking ruthless, dude. They will eat you alive. I know famous celebrities who started YouTube channels and their channels are doing less well than mine is i know other famous celebrities who started off where they started off their channel and they had 500 subs within their first week and like i was talking to you before the podcast in that audit program i've watched their sub counts drop off and now i'm actually watching them lose subs so it's not just their sub growth rate but their channel is actually decreasing like it is fucking hard so Thank you to everyone who watches this shit and subscribes and hangs out and keeps watching. Like, <laughs> man, I'm not famous. I'm not Joe Rogan or Alyssa Milano. Like, I don't have a built-in fan base to get a jump on day one. So thank you guys. Like, it is, it is surprisingly difficult. 
And I have a fucking ton of fun doing this, hanging out with you guys. And I think it gives all of us a really great break from the anxiety of Real not being world, able to yeah. do shit in COVID. It's true. You know? And I think it's only going to get better when shows come back. Margo's got a couple more questions. You guys ever listen to the Eddie Trunk show? Uh, he played in Minneapolis bands uh, a couple weeks ago. Wait, he played in a Minneapolis band a couple weeks ago. They were super good, but for the life of me, can't remember the name. It was like Storm Ringer. Um, Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Wally just recorded those guys. Yeah, I know who those guys are. Literally. He mm-hmm. just mentioned them on the previous video. Stormbreaker. I listened to some of their stuff, uh, what I could hear um, while I was in the studio. And uh, yeah, they're cool kids, man. They, um, they um, Stormbreaker. Playing out at the Whiskey Go-Go and stuff like that, you know? Cool really? kids. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're co- totally going for the 80s thing, you know? Because there's always been a revival of that. And, uh, I have it. Yeah. If you listen to my music, a lot of people are like, I hear a lot of Coheed. Cool. But if you can get past that and listen to the riff behind that, like the actual riff, <laughs> there's a lot of 80s spank hair metal in there. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it, honestly, anymore. That's but okay. I think it's 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 cool, and I and I'm not gonna diss on it. But I think it's 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 pretty badass that people are doing it, you know, because it takes ch- talent to do it. So. It's it's okay. Not everyone can have good taste. <laughs> I hated '80s hair metal my whole life, and yep. then literally one day, it just like clicked. It all clicked. Yeah, like I liked Guns N' Roses, but I was a metal kid. So Metallica, Megadeth, Ozzy Osbourne was the closest I went other than like Guns N' Roses. And then all of a sudden, I think it was Winger, 17. That beginning riff. God, I wish I could play it on this podcast without getting demonetized. Don't do that. Dude, I was because I had started to really expand my guitar playing beyond like, um, I want to get to this, by the way. You somehow know my guitar player, Dalton. Um, or at least you're friends with each other on Facebook. Paige, is that his last name? No, uh, Lightkeeper. Yeah, his name sounds familiar. Yeah. He laughed at me when you made that post where I misspelled your ba- your last name. Oh, that's who that was. Okay. Yeah, that's yep. my guitar player. Yep. So that's the dude who's who's slapping on those tracks. But uh, he, um, I lost my train of thought. Son of a bitch. Oh, carry I on. Remember, I don't even remember what we were talking about. Carry on. Totally. That, it's official. Next question. It's official. The beers have kicked in. Next question. I've been sober. This this is that moment. This is where someone dosed me with Molly. Yeah, you're <laughs> fucked now, man. Shirts are coming off, guys. <laughs> Next question. How about another fuzzed clip? Do we have any more? Can we play some more fuzzed? Fuzzard clip? No, fuzzed. Oh, she did say fuzzer. Damn it. Yeah. I thought she said fuzzed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to roll with that for a while. Fuzzed. I was going to keep doing it. There all might night. be another one from um, YouTube that I think we did. I'm pretty sure there is, actually. Let's see if I can find it. Go to the fuzzer page right there. Yeah. Don't fucking ever tell me what Don't to do. Don't tell you bro. to do. Fuck you. <laughs> Don't fucking ever tell me what to do, bro. <laughs> Life turned black teaser. Yeah, there all you right, go. Let's yeah. do. I think it's this one. Nope. That one's got What's a bunch of views. This one? No. Nope. This one? That one does. This one? Whatever you want. Which one? I'm not going to tell you what to do. You told me not to, <laughs> you cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. I love it. All right, hold on. Let's get it up here. 
I used to have it where we'd just share that screen. It was a lot easier, but then when we moved into the new studio, I I don't know. I don't think this is working very well. I got to figure out a new way to do this. So which one should we play? Do the one with more views. Uh, <laughs> shouldn't we do the one with less views? How about we just do them both, bro? Sure. They're less than a minute long each. Okay. So let's do this one, and then I'll cue that one up. Gert. How's that sound? So let's do this one. Not too shabby. Hold on. We don't want to do that. No, no. Stop. Stop. Oh, stop. Stop. Oh, you're getting sued. I'm about to. About to be demonetized. Oh. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Your Minnesota accent's coming out. I'm about to. Fucking YouTube. Okay, so let's just go back, and then I'll just grab that. There we go. Now let's do this one. There we go. Wait, isn't this the same one? It's the second teaser clip of it. Uh, you know? Same song, though. Dude, I love it. Yeah, the dual soloing deal, you know? Dude, I love it. It's so good. Thanks, dude. It's so good. Yeah, man, it's uh, a whole different ball game of guitar playing for me, that's for sure. It's really good, dude. Thanks, man. I really like it a lot. And I don't... I don't compliment a lot of people like that <laughs> it's really good <laughs> i gotta get rid of this up here though it's gonna drive me nuts yeah let's go for a little bit longer man you want to yeah let's go for another i totally lost 9 30 or so i totally lost track how long have we been gone oh two hours oh yeah fuck yeah dude yeah, we've been going a while um linda's got a question um how did you start your band i think we did kind of address that like, yeah it was we sort kind of, of did, like a, yeah it was sort of like a part-time fun thing, and then you guys finally made it very serious. Yeah, in the I mean, last... it's by no means my band. I did not create this band. I was it added into the band for sure, or asked to be in the band, and um, it's just been a long process, really, more than anything. How does that you know? go? Do you lay out a list of demands? Like, listen, fuck boys, if you want me in your <laughs> band. <laughs> no, no, that never came you in. You got to do about, X, Y, and Z. Yeah, no, I never got put in uh anything ultimative in this band and it's been it's been cool 
So that's why I'm not getting invited into bands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't ever do that either. But I, actually, there's one I do do. There's one I do on a regular basis. Like, I will not join your band if we're rehearsing in one of your houses in your basement. Oh, you don't like that? No. Why? Like, we, we need a real rehearsal space. Yeah. There's a few reasons for it. Because I want to be able to leave my gear there. Yeah. And I want to know that... I'm going to have access to that gear 24-7, meaning at 3 in the morning when you want to go on a Sunday night, if I want to go grab my fucking rig because I want to come home and record something, I can. And I don't want to have to knock on a door or call somebody. And when you're also at somebody's house, depending on where you're at, you got to stop at a certain time. I see both sides of it, and I agree with your the side of it more. The cost is the only yeah, benefit. That's the thing, you know. The, the cost, cost is, is the you know? only benefit. Yeah, but if we're not a, if we're not willing to throw in fifty bucks a month or seventy five bucks a month per person, how serious are we about this band? I've experienced both sides of it very well. You know what I'm, <laughs> so, you know what yeah, I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah. That's why you're. That's why you're. You got that smirk on your face because yeah. you're like, oh, I've had this conversation. I I know both sides of it. Yeah, very well. Like here, so. people are like, why don't we just rehearse at your house? I was like. That's fine for now. Yeah. <laughs> for now. But we need a real... Well, why? It's free at your place. Well, here's another thing. When we take breaks, let's go take five. Those turn into 45-minute yep. breaks. When we're at a rehearsal space where there is no TV or couches or comfortable places or beers in a fridge, we take five, you smoke your cigarettes, and we get back to fucking work. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to isolation. It, you go to a place to dedicate yourself to a time, but there's also a point where it it has to be comfortable for some people to have creative. That's what makes all musicians different, you know? right? That's a thing, you know. Yeah, that's a thing. They're too. all similar in one way that they're all um, skeevy, you know. <laughs> True. In one way or another, but you know. Yeah, I think know. I I think I agree with that a hundred percent. I would just add, though, that it comes down to you and your band members making that spot comfortable to be creative. You know, so don't get me wrong. Like, we could jam in my basement and it's free, but if it smells like shit and feels like shit and you're uncomfortable here. Yeah, if it's a bad vibe, then don't do it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and that can happen at a rehearsal space. Yeah, but I just like the idea of like, and where we rehearse in Minneapolis because this is such a, a a positive music town. Like we have real rehearsal spaces. Yeah, there is. Like yeah. shout out to Chris from City Sound. Like that motherfucker's got real security systems in every single room at every single building at three different sites. Like you ain't stealing my gear. Like it's not happening. It's true. Like you're definitely on camera. Well, I know of people through that place that have had gear stolen and got it back, which is great. But yes, I've rehearsed at city sound and I, I know about it. It's great. You know, and I've been at, that's uh, just one of the many Taylor sound. Yeah. I was uh, just going to say Taylor. Yeah. With two bands. And, um, that's, that's a really great experience as well too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a big deal to have a good spot. It is. Cause I feel like you're going to the office, you're getting ready to do work. It's like going to the facility. It's like going to the gym. You know, there's a reason that there's billion dollar industries built on these things. It's not just because of necessity. It's because there's an added value. You know what I mean? Uh, let's see here. Let's get some more questions too. Yeah, throw some more yeah. questions in. We're gonna we're gonna go for about another half hour here, guys. And and we've pretty much exhausted everything we want to talk about tonight. Um, so throw some more questions in here. 
for either one of us, but specifically Eric, because I do a million of these things. <clears throat> so you guys will have time to talk to me anytime. Where's your random fucking question that you uh, uh, that I always have? Yeah, where is that? I've been waiting for it. <laughs> yeah, I, that stopped happening just organically, and I'm not sure why I. You got a dry spell that. or what? Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. it is that. I, yeah. I don't think it was. Bring it back. I know, and I I usually do. I usually line one obscure. What did I do last time? To you asked me what was my best porno. Yeah, have you or seen any good mo- porns lately? Yeah, that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, that's yeah. a regular yeah. reoccurring one I throw. Um, have I asked you how many of your band members' dicks you've seen? <laughs> no, you haven't. Um, so so let's go band for band. Flip. How many band members have you dicks have you seen? None of them yet. Okay, you're fucked. Yeah. Next band. I seen the ass though. Okay, last via, night. How yeah. many dick members? How many dicks? Have you seen in Via? Four. Okay, you're and there's five <laughs> members total. No, there's four. <laughs> okay, all right. So you that good. You guys are gonna work. All right, Fuzzard. How many dicks have you seen in Fuzzard? None yet. None all right, yet. you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. So I have this strategy. So I have it just this matters theory. about seeing each other's cocks. Yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. it it basically like <laughs> it it sounds hilarious and ridiculous, but it's actually based in psychology because it's not a gay thing. It's just like when you're super tight with a group of dudes. <laughs> you will eventually see their dick. It's inevitable. You're pissing next to each other, whatever. Somebody gets drunk and whips it out. It's yeah. a level of comfort that you have. It's like a brother. Like everyone has seen their brother's dick. Everyone, <laughs> including their sisters. It's an accident, but it's happened. Yep. Because that's what happens when you're family. If you haven't seen your band members' dicks, you're not family. If you're not family, you're fucked. <laughs> I see your analogy, but wow, it's different. It's also not exclusive. I'm not the only one who thinks this word. (laughs) This has been adopted from our scene. Shows coming up. Um, You do have a couple. I got the shit show. We plugged that at the beginning. Shit shows coming out on Saturday, but you can't go to that. (laughs) Yeah, because it's sold out. Yeah. Can um, I get in? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't make those rules. <laughs> uh, April, My podcast isn't big enough yet. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You know, you're still I got to get to five to eight hundred yeah, subs yeah. before. <laughs> um, My April, I just so we use Google Sheets to kind of show what's going on. And my April is uh, looking pretty cool. You're also in Fool Fighters. We never got to that again. Yeah, right? so. Uh, that's a whole nother, that's probably the best tribute band in town i would oh, say oh thank you yeah. and that's not just cuz you're on the podcast and i know lee and i know newman um i've known them for years i took newman's spot and uh i also recently met uh dennis did you okay cool um and then i know john so like every person who's ever been in that band i know and they're all great well, musicians. Well, that's it. You know, that's it. With they're me all included, great yeah. musicians. Yeah. All of you guys are great. Thanks, and man. so I'm not, I'm not fucking around. Like, Fool Fighters is probably the best tribute band in town. Thanks, dude. Yeah, man. I, uh, I knew Lee from working at Clash. I worked at Clash for a hot minute. And I then eventually lived with Lee. And at that time, Newman Lee would, Underwood is yeah. who we're talking about. She's also been on the podcast. If anyone's curious, isn't she coming up again here soon too? Yep. Yep. Um, we'll get to that question in a second, but, um, anyways, uh, I got to, at this time, it was a moving period before I bought my house with my wife. I lived with Lee and they, and Newman at the time 
was not able to really continue with the band. He retired essentially. And uh, they wanted to keep going and Lee brought up my name. So, so I haven't you already to- knew Lee? Yeah, I knew Lee definitely. How did you working, get to know? Oh, from working GC? at no at Clash. Oh, you I worked, worked at Clash. Clash. Yeah, we hey, didn't you weren't even... listening. Well, <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we covered this in depth because I knew you worked at GC for a short stint. Never worked at GC. I worked at Groove City, which is oh an independent GC. store. Yeah, different GC. Different GCG, GC. GCG. You know. <laughs> so then when Groove City Guitars closed, I uh, went to Clash because I known Jeremy for many many years. Jeremy's the owner. Yes. And uh, that's how I got to know Lee. I went and seen Foo Fighters a couple of times myself and then got to uh, basically, I guess, try out, um, not really knowing what I was doing, but I definitely figured it out. I haven't tuned my guitar to standard at that point for better half of uh, <laughs> 10 years. So um, in case anybody doesn't understand the significance of that. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, your guitar doesn't feel the same. It doesn't. No. <laughs> That's the quickest way I can explain that. When you haven't played, what were you in drop D? Um, half step. Okay. Half so step C sharp. You know? it just, yeah. it's, oh. it's basically like, um, God, it's like watching a TV show, you know, mm-hmm. but the subtitles are on audio instead of just the texts and it's in a different language. Like, you know what's going on, but something's off. Like, it's just fucking with you. Yeah. That's the only way I can That's explain exactly what you're it. talking yeah. about it. So, yeah, I mean, I... Um, but you figured it out. I figured it out. It took me a while. I did a couple of trial shows with them. Uh, John asked me to be in the band. I said, absolutely. You know, this is great. And it's a very low-maintenance kind of band. You know, that's why I haven't talked about it much because we don't do much. You know, we've done a, a good grip of shows in front of a lot of cool people. But uh, Fool is going to be playing... Um, April something, April something. Well, I was April, supposed to be yeah. going to your show on the 27th, and that got posted. Is that this month? So that that's a great to, yeah. way to segue into Margot's next thing because it ties yeah. into what we're talking about right okay. now. She asked, have live shows started back up in your town yet? In South Carolina, they have, but only till 11 p.m., usually 3 a.m. <laughs> so um, the, the quick answer is yes. Uh, comedy shows and music shows have resumed, but... They're at such limited capacity and people are so scared. There's either no one at them or they're being postponed. So you had one February 27th, which was bumped back two months now into April. Yep. And it's not the, it's not because people. It, it, oh, and it, they're it, shutting them down at 10 p.m. here. Yeah. Then. So they're shutting venues down at 10 p.m. here in Minneapolis. And most of the area. So here's the thing. And this kind of carries we over to other places. Well, yeah. By the way, just so people understand, we were never a 4 a.m. club town. Yeah, like it's two. At best, you're a 2 a.m. club town. But for a long time, it was midnight. For the longest time. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Fucking midnight. Um, they finally opened it up to 2 a.m. But still, bands end up getting done at midnight, 1 o'clock. So now they shortened all of that to 10 p.m. Where the, the business is closed at 10 p.m. So if you're a headliner, you're going on at what eight thirty? Yeah, nine. Yep. And that's if that's if you're playing a short headlining set, not like what Flip's doing, mm-hmm. where you're doing three hours. Yeah, the whole vibe's fucked. It's different, you know. It just makes everybody start day drinking earlier, is what it does. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, for ex- <laughs> for example, uh, that's a miss. You know, the uh, fool gig. You know, that will be probably a 
uh, six to ten kind of gig. I'm gonna grab one more beer. You grab me one more, and uh, uh, we're doing one in April. I don't know why I can't remember the date right now. It's the first Friday in April at Route 47. The seventh. Okay. That sounds. Right. <laughs> I think it's the seventh. No, okay. I think it's the eighth because April first is a Thursday. Okay. So it's the following weekend. Then after that, so it, then, you know. well, technically the first the first Saturday, first Friday or Saturday, you said it'd be either be a I second. Don't remember, or third it's then. one of those dates. I do know that we are playing again the following Friday, which I don't think has even been announced yet. And this is via you're talking. I'm about. talking about Fool Fighters. Okay, yeah. Does Fool Fighters have a social media that people can follow, or do yeah. they just need to follow you on social to get updates? So there is a Fool Fighters in um, Texas that I think is no longer. And it gets a little people get confused, but the Fool Fighters in Minnesota is, was before then or around the same time, I've, is from my understanding. But anyways, um, but where do people follow that? I think it's just Fool Fighters. If you type it in on Facebook, oh, that's on Facebook? it. Yeah, okay. I think that's it. Honestly, um, shows how much I'm up to it. But <laughs> but no, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So we're doing that. Then we are playing in Wisconsin in Hudson the following Friday. Um, at uh, Ziggy's, Ziggy's and Hudson, Fool Fighters will be headlining. The following Saturday, the day after that, I've been just told is uh, Via will be going on a short tour, um, throughout the Midwest with Otherwise. There um, it is. Yep, there we are. All right, keep talking. I'm just gonna pull. So it yeah, there's the Fool stuff. Um. But yeah, Via's going to be, uh, I don't know the full dates yet, but we are playing Everybody's Bar. We're playing um, Big's Bar, if I'm saying that right. We're playing a bunch of shows with Otherwise that will be mostly announced here soon, which is pretty cool. So that will be, I mean, that gives you an idea that shows are happening in a lot of these towns and cities like that. You know, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying. And we'll be a part of some of them, you know. I mean, obviously, they're still doing all the restrictions that they're supposed to mostly. But <laughs> have, you know, you seen these, this. have you seen these fucking pictures of concerts where people are either like literally in bubbles or they're in? I saw the Flaming Lips one where they were all yeah. in bubbles. Yeah. Would you do a show like that? No, <laughs> no. I think it's hilarious. I think it's cool. It's a gimmick, you know, the, especially because uh, the Flaming Lips did that. Um before anybody else but um which is one of the best shows that you'll see in my opinion i think the smartest thing to do is what i just saw ariana grande do what'd she do she did a full fucking concert with nobody there and they just went tight angles on everything so instead of trying to shoot wide angles and get crowd shots as you're panning by so you can catch the performer with the front 30 rows yeah they just stood on the floor and kept everything tight like you're in the front row that's it was cool. like a one. It was like she did a full fucking concert for one person. That's Different what, than the Kiss show that was on New Year's Eve. Did right? you see that? No. Oh, I, I, watched I heard that about too. it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, what was your those guys are Those guys are hilarious. Um, I'm somewhat of a fan, but I watched that and it's it's uh, it's comedic gold, man. It, 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 like they're preach. He's Paul Stanley's a preacher on stage now. You know, it, it's it's really funny. You know. And I watch a lot of the show, and I'm, all of a sudden, then they wanted to pull out a deep cut. Like, why the fuck did you add that to the set list, man? Why, of all songs, yeah, I get it. There's Super Kiss fans, and I respect that. Maybe that's but, what they did. Metallica did that. Metallica did it when they came here for that show we talked about earlier, the one both of us were at. 
Yeah, um, but they, they actually have a song that's better put, than them. You but know, they put that, out that, a yeah. thing like, "What's the deep cut you want us to play tonight?" And yeah. we voted. Yeah, and it was funny because they literally said like somewhere in there, and then they literally went dot 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 not not escape. Oh, really? You know what song I'm talking about? Um, no, I don't. No, uh, I forget the lyrics, but it's uh, da 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 da. Stop riding the lightning. It's called Escape. That's how you know I'm a deep Metallica fan. That's Fade to Black. No, no. That's the ending rip to Fade to Black. But then there's Trapped Under Ice. That's oh, one song I think there. I just quoted Trapped Under Ice. Then. Yeah, that's that's a song off that record. Yeah, no Trapped Under Ice. So I sing the vocal line from Escape, but I think I hit the the guitar line from Trapped Under Ice. I'm telling you, that's Escape, bro. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I'm telling you, pull I'm, it up, you'll get sued. I know. That's what I was just gonna say. I want to play it right now, but yeah, I, that's the copyright yeah. company. Okay, so. Listen, we got a few viewers, seven people still watching right now. This is why we still do comments and all this shit. You guys are basically my version of Joe Rogan's Jamie. You're all my fact checkers. All of you guys are my producer. So I think I'm talking about the correct song. Look it up for me. Do us a favor. Escape by Metallica. Tell me if that's the right riff I was humming and the right vocal melody. I don't think it is. Because <laughs> if we pull it up on the podcast, even on our cell phones, if we put it over the mic so everyone can hear, we're getting demonetized. But I'm telling you, either way, point being is maybe that's what Kiss did that night. Maybe they put out some sort of thing to their fan club or their social media post. It just that's why they, they could have. Yeah, they definitely because that's cool. If you think about I it, I think it's great to do that. But if you were in on the poll, but when it's <laughs> overall a bad song that nobody should like, and I'm just going to say that right here and there. I'm like, literally, man, what song did they play? I don't fucking know. Nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows. Point. That's the point. That's the, point that's the fucking point. No disrespect to kiss, but seriously, there's. Uh, you, you talk to any major Kiss fan. Who are they a fan? They're they're fans of what? The first four Kiss records, which were the early seventies, right? Yeah, I After would that, say I would say yeah. so. Yeah, because by the time they went like unmakeuped in the in the in the eighties, yeah. What was that, Suzanne or something like that? They did some fucking power ballad. Yeah, it did. They did something. I think. I, it, know, I think. You know? it, I think. I don't know if I got that name right. Hey, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I know what you're There's talking no about. There's no Jamie on there. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. No, they're Jamie. Oh. The whole fan base is Jamie. Oh, is that what you call your fan base? Uh, oh, maybe we just did. Maybe we just find... I've been, I've been arguing you about You just this. made something, man. I've been arguing about this since day one. We need to find a name to call the fans. Okay. The fans of the podcast. Now, since it's the extravaganza, the ganza, right? I was like, we should call them gonzos. Because you got to be a little crazy. I like that. I like you got to be a little crazy to actually be into this podcast. It's true. You're a little, you're a little off if you're actually nuts, into this. Yeah, but that's also kind of insulting, and I don't ever want to insult the fans or the supporters. So they need to come up with something. The Jamies, but dude, My, for real though, because that makes sense. Because it's like he I know is a crazy of, Jamie. <laughs> he is kind of the greatest podcast. My producer wife knows of all it well. <laughs> Think about it though. Yeah. Who? Jamie is the greatest podcast producer of all time. Who's that? 
Joe Rogan's producer. Oh, I don't know. Art. Sorry. You don't watch Rogan? No, I watch Rogan. I don't. Yeah. That's the guy who makes it good. Okay. Well, that's yeah. the <laughs> reason know. Rogan is good is because of Jamie. Oh, of course. You have to have a producer. You know, I get it. You know, I got, I got, I got love for Red Band, but like he's not. Well, that's why good. yours sucks. He's <laughs> exactly because I don't. I'm yours I don't suck even yet. have a. It, it does suck, and I don't. It doesn't. Even, it it's doesn't. Because I don't yeah. even have a Red Band, let alone a Jamie. The fans are my Jamie. <laughs> you guys are my Jamie. That's funny. We couldn't do this without you. For real, though. You should um, call them the Jamies, though. Seriously. Maybe I should. Yeah. You started it tonight, man. You said it. It just came out naturally, you know? You All the fans are Jamie. Collectively, <laughs> you are Jamie. Jamie's got a gun. See? See? Jeff chimed in. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Random viewer, yes, escape. That's exact. I knew I was right. I knew I was fucking right. I didn't know that that was a name of a Metallica song. Yeah, honestly. it's. Uh, I believe uh, it's, it's on Red. Dude, Lightning. this is how obsessed of a Metallica fan I. I believe it's track. Five. I'm a huge fan too. I believe it's track five on Ride the Lightning. And if it's not track five, track five is Trapped Under Ice, and it's track number six. But it's right after Fade to Black. It's either the next song or the song after that. It's right towards the. It's before Cthulhu, which is the the final instrumental track. Yep. This uh, I used to be able to tell you every single thing about every Metallica song. I would be able to tell you, and I could probably still do this. I could tell you every. Record, I bet I could challenge you on I, it. I, I could go every record close. every year. Kill them all in eighty one. No, no, wrong. Kill them all in eighty three. Eighty three. Ride the lightning in eighty four. Master of Puppets, Puppets in eighty six. Uh, uh, Justice in eighty eight. You lost the volume. It'll come back. There we go. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, so Black Album ninety one, and then Load, load was ninety four. Reload was, was ninety five, and that's SNM, where I lose track. S and M is ninety nine. That's where I lose track. Yep. Is it once load once Reload <laughs> hits? I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> See, I'm a fan of remember. those records too, but uh, it, like, I think you have to be a diehard to like those records too. You know, I like I know people that don't like any Metallica before the Black Album. You know, I, yeah. and I mm -hmm. I used to be able to tell you every single track, like yeah. what order it was on each album, who got songwriting credits, yeah, for each song on each. Dude, I was obsessed. I with just this got game. really recently into because. Um, Hetfield's one of my biggest in inspirations. Dude. Me too. Yeah. Me, it, literally, he's the reason I started him. Doing Angus music. Young, Tony Iommi, all that shit. They're, For me, they're, it was yeah, Hetfield yeah, and Slash. Slash is one of mine too. Hetfield yeah. and Slash. It was his rhythm playing and his stage presence, commanding a mic, standing in one spot and owning the world, and then Slash is just pure, just iconic, like. Don't give a fuck vibe. The yep. cigarette in the mouth, the top hat, the sunglasses. The I don't give a fuck about your fucking fame. That vibe he had on stage. He those still has two, that, man. I know, know he does. That, I know yeah. he does. He's the man. Hetfield, though, like going back to that, he and what I've kind of looked into recently a lot more. He had more demons that people know that like there's public demons that he's talked about, but there is more. Oh, shit on that. Hold on. Oh, you're good. Sorry. That people don't really talk about. And it's really it's it's something else really when I when I think about it. It it's uh you know, like the drugs and stuff like that and the alcoholism and the hookers and shit like that that I've kind of heard about. And I'm not throwing headfield. I've said bus, since you know, day, I've said since day one, the moment he sobered up, Metallica started sucking. 
Um, yeah, I would agree to an extent, but he's gone in and out. I mean, you can't argue that hardwired to self-destruct is not a good record. I think it's a fucking great record. I would, I would say it is definitively better than St. Anger, but still not as good as anything else they did. St. Anger is a weird record because that's one of the- Including Load and Reload. Yeah. I would, I would legitimately say as an artistic, artistic critique- not a metalhead critique. Yeah. I would I would still say load and reload are more artistic. Especially if you think They definitely the, are. Especially yes. if you think about the fact that how that far they went and branched out from what they did. I think Jason Newstead in the band made that band personally. I mean Cliff Burton speaks for himself. You can't touch his stuff, but still the, the greatest yeah. Metallica bass player of all time. Yeah. Arguably the greatest bass player of all time, period. Yeah. It's but, him or who? Less Claypool? Yeah. Maybe Flea? Yeah, I mean, if you want to get technical. It's, it's if those you want to be technical. You it's it's got to be those three, right? Yeah. Oh, I, unless you start throwing in guys like Victor Wooten, but I'm talking guys that are like in bands. Yeah. Like 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 band members. I think the best bass player of all time, in That's my opinion. That's why you can't put Steve Vai in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, in my opinion, the best bass player of all time is Paul McCartney, personally. No shit, huh? Yes, 100%. Why Steve McCartney? Or Paul why McCartney. Paul, why Paul McCartney? I because know, I know a dude named Paul Steve McCart- McCartney. Yeah. Paul <laughs> sorry, McCartney. Sorry, Steve. I apologize, buddy. I didn't mean to just throw you into that. Paul McCartney was able to write hooks on bass. Think about it. You think about Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club bands. You think yeah. about um, Let It Be. You think about Abbey Road. All those songs, the, the hook, a lot of the times, really is the bass. I can't say you're wrong. Yeah. I can't argue with you. And I think he's one of the best. I think he is the best bass player in the world. Which is not good for podcasting. Best podcasting is arguing. But I can't (laughs) argue with you when you say this. Like, I don't have the same level of respect for the Beatles that a lot of other people do. But I do. I do have to give. Immense levels of credibility and props to them as songwriters because what they were doing was not just showing us a new way to do things. They were blazing trails. Like they were the first band. Yeah. Like they were the first of everything. They invented three chord rock and roll and then they invented four chord chord rock and roll. They, showed the world how to take blues progressions and turn them into pop. They did so much that sometimes I feel like the fans understand and appreciate them more than other musicians. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it takes a while for people to grasp onto what they're hearing a little bit too, you know? And I think it only gets more valid the more music is created because Mm -hmm. like you go back and you listen to those Beatles songs and you go, Oh, this is literally what 40 other number one hits have recreated. So in my opinion, I think they're one of the best bands out there, but I also think they have some of the shittiest fucking songs that were ever written. Track six. I was right. Let's answer a couple more questions and then uh, let's get out of here. Or answer, or if you have any other (laughs) questions, I guess. I don't know. I mean, dude, honestly, man, I'm just having a blast hanging out with you. Oh, of course. So I don't have a shit ton of, like, question questions. Um, 
Let's plug all your shit again one more time. Uh, so via rock and roll, or I'm sorry, via rock, via roll. Yep. For via. Yep. Fuzzard is just straight up F-U-Z-Z-R-D. Yep. And then flip F-L-I-P-P. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's curious, they can go back and check out your previous podcast where we got into a bunch of that shit. We really did. We got into we got into a lot of that shit pretty deep. Your history yeah. and how you came up and your influences and why you got started. Yeah. Um, and that's what a lot of this podcast is, you guys, is like it's very Joe Rogan esque. So when these guys come back on for the second time, we're not going into the it's not an interview anymore. Yeah. Like I I do a shitty job interviewing these guys the first time. <laughs> I don't even try the second time. <laughs> I don't I just don't. I'm sorry. I respect your attitude with it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I'm just not good at it. It's all good, dude. You know. <laughs> it's more about the hang. You know, that's yeah. what this is really about. I agree. And that's where I drew inspiration from Rogan is like that dude just understands like how to not overproduce a podcast. Yeah. And that's why if you, if somebody's going to start a podcast, you either need to be super creative and do something that no one's done before or or just do what Rogan's doing. There you go. Why not take it from the best? You know. I mean, it works. Yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel, man. Just realign it. You know, and that's what I did here. I'm not trying to be Rogan. I'm not Rogan. I'll never be Rogan. It's impossible. Yeah. I'm not even a comedian, even though I do some comedy stuff sometimes. Like I love comedy stuff, man. I'm a fucking musician, dude. Like, but the format works, man. A single table, two dudes or three or four sitting, hanging out, just bullshitting. Like, that's what people want to see when they turn turn into podcasts. If they wanted to fucking see a real interview, they'd go watch 60 Minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck, dude. I feel it. I feel it. It is yeah. what it is. <laughs> Where can your, your Instagram handle, by the way, we got to get a fucking, we got to get that tightened up because that shit is the most convoluted Instagram handle I've ever seen in my life. It was, there's no point to it, that's for sure. <laughs> Just look up Eric Vobeda on Instagram and with the spelling in this description. And it'll pop up with a bunch of sixes in there. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna tell you. It's yeah. the most convoluted Instagram handle I've no, ever I'm definitely seen in my life. I'm not a Satanist by no means, but um I like joking about it more than anything. So I get it. Yeah. Even as somebody who oh, I guess is technically a Christian, like I even find some of that Satan shit hilarious. I took pride in the fact that I was my buddy's six hundred and sixty six subscriber. I mean, come on, dude. Let's yeah. lighten up and have yeah, a little you gotta bit have of fun fucking with fun, it, you know. Right? It's just the point of life. You right? Know? We're all we're all too fucking serious. The world's too fucking serious. We got we got political issues. We got fucking a disease killing everybody every five minutes. <laughs> Jesus like Christ. fuck, dude. Let's have some fucking fun. I wanna start more inside jokes. Okay. That's what I want to do. I, I dude, so we already got a couple going. So JP JP Armstrong, who's been on the podcast twice now, is a chronic masturbator. He talks about that. He has a problem. Like how many times a day? We're not sure yet. We're going to we're going to decide. <laughs> Us and the fan base are going to decide. JP's well, there you a go. Chronic yeah, masturbator. Yeah. He's an interesting cat though cuz he uh he's a volunteer firefighter. He's a full-time firefighter. He's also a volunteer EMT, and he's a member of his city council. And, and he he's a Freemason. A yeah. And he's a Freemason. Also uh, a chronic masturbator. Wow. <laughs> That's something else. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. But yeah, we're, we're, we're starting a bunch of shit. I just can't wait until shows come back, dude. It will happen. The last time we spoke, you asked me, when is it going to happen? And I said, uh, April 4th. And I'm not too far off. 
Well, let's hope everyone else is wrong and it's not 2021. 2022? That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. I know you meant. Because, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, we're already in 2021. Jesus Christ. Remember, remember two weeks to flatten the curve? If you're not from Minnesota, that's what our governor preached. We're going to shut this down for two weeks to flatten the curve. Here we are on day number 336. This is the longest two weeks of my life. It's like downloading a fucking movie over fucking 56K. <laughs> you know, when yeah, it's like 56 it's minutes remaining. <laughs> it's the longest 56 minutes of your life. <laughs> Shit. All right, man. Let's wrap this up, dude. Word. Thank you, guys. Like, subscribe, share. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising. Help us continue to grow. Um, we're still trying to get to 1,000 subscribers. Um, also, obviously, hit up Shooter Lube if you got guns to clean. Use the promo code SINGER. And uh, if you're a small business or a comedian or a musician or any of that shit, uh, WernerElements.com, promo code SINGER. Both codes get you 10% off. Thank you, guys. I love you guys so much. We wouldn't have, honestly, we wouldn't even made it this far without people actually watching. Like, really. Like, I'm not even kissing ass. Seriously. I, I, I literally was about to quit this thing like three times already. <laughs> but people keep watching. That's off to you, brother. People keep <laughs> subscribing. And, it, it, and this shit wouldn't be happening if it weren't for you guys. I, I, I sound like an asshole every time I say it, but I'm, I'm being serious. I'm being genuine. So thank you. We love you. Hit him up. Follow him. If you want to follow me on social media, everything's Jared Singer Live. Facebook, Instagram. Uh, I am on Twitter. But I here's the thing. Don't follow me on Twitter. Because all I do is trash Elon Omar because she's my rep from like You're a bad I, fucker, man. I don't like that woman. I get really political on Twitter. Everything else is fun. Thank you guys. We're out. Cheers. <laughs>